What was it? What happened? Like, oh, some guy with hepatitis spit in my eyes and I have to go to the hospital. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games podcast. This is level 157.5. Believe it or not, we're watching E3 2018 Part 2. We're back with coverage of the rest of the press conferences. If you haven't listened back to our Part 1 special where we went over primarily the Xbox and Bethesda content, I recommend you go ahead and do that now so you can be all caught up. But today is the day that we go through the rest, uh, the best of the rest, I should say. So going around the virtual table, I'm your host for this evening, Josh Jackson, and I'm joined by Derek Cranevelt. Hey there. And our very special, the most special of guests, our very own Shane O'Hare. Hola, buenas tardes, mi amigo. Or buenas noches, mi amigo. Yes, it's been a while since you've been on the show. How have you been? That's a loaded question, Josh. That's a very loaded question. (laughs) Um, It's been a while. We've already done that gag. We've already done that gag. Doing all right. I've uh, been kind of sick the last couple of days, um, but uh, I realized that the, our biggest news cycle of the year, I needed to to stop avoiding the pod and get back on the pod. So, you know what they say? What do they say? Save what, a, do, what do they say? Save a horse, ride a podcast. There you go. Sure. I mean, I've never heard anyone else say that, but we let's just go ahead and say that they do. That's a new episode who, title. Who yes. is this they? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, a, you, you know, man, like, they. Illuminati. <laughs> the Bilderbergs. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. I appreciate that, yeah. So the 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 what is that thing? The Grove. What Grove? Oh dude, the Grove is the Grove is actually really interesting. There's a dope documentary on Netflix about um these dudes that kept trying to break into the Grove. Like the one here in <laughs> What is it actually Holland? called? <laughs> like no, the, not, the outdoor not the, mall? Like the mall? <laughs> the one where we the one where we all got lunch together last year? That was such a good time. Yeah. Oh, uh, did we eat at the Bohemi- uh, Bohemian Grove? That's what's called. Yeah, it's it's like a place where like what, what's 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 that? Uh, consult the book. God damn it! <laughs> consult the book of knowledge. Been back on the podcast for twenty seconds and I've already derailed it. Uh, Bohemian. I mean, I think I derailed it this time, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, uh, what's what's the what's the Skull and Bone Society? Oh yeah, like every pres every yeah. President, that's where right? like yeah yeah yeah. The, so that's pretty much like a place where they go. Um, it's like a big, it's a big ass like compound, and like there's pictures that like got leaked out of it of like like all these like rich ass, you know, Illuminati elite guys having like a campfire around a giant owl and like chanting, and it's all super creepy now, and weird. And now, were there any skulls or bones in there? Um, no. So the the new the new uh, game from Ubisoft, Skull and Bones. Wait, is that Skull? Yeah, Skull. What? Is that Ubisoft? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, the, that new game from uh, from Ubisoft uh, was in fact available, um, played by George Bush and John Kerry. Huh. That's the E3 2018 exclusive Geekscape.net. Yeah, definitely won't. Bush. Definitely won't George find Bush. that anywhere else but the Geekscape Games podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, before we go into Ubisoft, we if we're going to talk about the theme of going off the rails, we have to talk about the Square Enix. Uh, conference, which was the first one of the set that we're going over. 
And I heard it was like like completely like so I missed it. I heard it was completely like disorganized and there's a lot of flubbing going on. Uh, or I think that was more EA. I'm yeah, this one was like 20 minutes long and mostly stuff we saw at other press yeah, conferences. It, yeah, it's DLC. mostly it was just mostly a repeat of everything they showed at everyone else's conference. So it was just a giant like 20 30 minute wasted time essentially. It's like it's like my sex <laughs> life. Um there's um where was the one that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was at? That was Ubisoft. Okay. So we'll get to that cuz he put out some tweets afterwards that he like fucked up his script and wanted to like apologize and like clear some stuff up afterwards. Mm. so but yeah but as far as as far as square enix i mean there's not a whole lot to say i think the biggest news that come out of it was the dragon quest 11 trailer which looked phenomenal oh the art style and like the animation was so good and so that's coming in september for playstation i don't think they mentioned the switch version which i think they already confirmed earlier is going to be delayed till next year but i mean outside of that it was cool that we got like a monster hunter event coming to final fantasy 14 but like outside of that like we mentioned it was just a bunch of repeats so we got final fantasy 14's trailer shadow of the tomb raider awesome the awesome of captain spirit um near automata on xbox octopath traveler kingdom hearts which kingdom hearts added a little bit of extra footage showing like pirates of the caribbean but i mean outside of that oh and the kingdom hearts collector's edition which I don't know. Have either of you ever ordered anything from the Square Enix store? That mm, website nope. is like the most hideous online store that I've ever had to deal with. And like the last time I dealt with them, I bought the Final Fantasy 15 Collector's Edition. It was in transit for three months. And by that time, I had just bought Holy a regular shit. copy and beat it, beat the game already. So I called the store and then they started giving me resistance and letting me cancel it. They're like, oh, it's still in the warehouse. We'll, uh, like we'll ship it first, and then if you decide you don't want it after you get it, then you could just send it back. And I was like, "No, it's been three months." After, like, <laughs> why would that? Absolutely even not. Be a Probably because they wanted to keep my shipping money or that something. That sounds horrible. But yeah, and then like eventually it canceled it. Like I had a Kingdom Hearts Collector's Edition, a previous one that was being bounced back and forth between two different post offices for a month because they couldn't figure out that uh, Unit Seven meant Apartment Seven. Um, but they. <laughs> Uh, what was the other one? Who's our Who's our postmaster general? Like, Can the we only time him? it worked in our favor is one time, like we ordered both Lightning Returns and Final Fantasy X on the same order, and that took so long to ship that there was a special event where they were selling it at the event, even though it was supposed to be a Square Enix store exclusive. So we called them and asked them if we could cancel the Final Fantasy X order, and what they did is they went ahead and they refunded us for both Final Fantasy X and Lightning Returns, but then they ended up shipping them anyway. So, we, but oh, like, nice. I, there hasn't been a single time that I've had a good experience with the Square Enix store. So the second they said this Kingdom Hearts bundle was going to be exclusive to their website, I was like, nope, 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 not dealing with that again. Mm. I was telling, I was telling Megan like they're probably going for the authentic Kingdom Hearts experience in your box when I actually get there for like eight years. It's <laughs> hideous, but well that's just it's just so, like why if that is such a consistently poor experience why would they try to do it themselves rather than allowing like a like a third party to get in on that stubborn stubborn japanese but even then i think it's handled by outside companies which makes it worse because i think when we were at that final fantasy 10 event we were like we were chatting with the pr guy and we were telling him that we would rather buy it in person if we could help it because the web we always have problems with the website and he said oh yeah that was our previous servicer 
like we just switched um we just switched servicers and that shouldn't be a problem anymore and then like a year or a couple years later that final fantasy 15 one was like the absolute worst like experience i had with them Mm -hmm. and i already had a bunch of terrible ones yeah i mean was there anything that either of you wanted to add to the square enix before we um conference before we just kind of move on to something important uh i thought that just cause four looked really cool uh and they kind of i mean it's like we saw a bunch of that yesterday or the sorry the previous day uh at one of the conferences but the they noted that they're using a new engine and that things like like lighting and, and a lot of the graphical elements have been really improved and and things like the what what the fuck does he use like grappling hook thing that thing like has more tethers than it ever has. So you can kind of get more creative with what you're doing with it, which looked really cool. I don't know. It just, I, I haven't played just cause three, but I played a bit of number two and it's just, it's one of the few, like it's one of the few open world games where I feel like it's, it, it's consistently fun just to w- run around and, and stir shit up. Like, like even if you're not, even if you don't have an active mission or anything like that, like it's just so much fun to, like fly a plane and then jump out of it. And then the shit that you can do is just unbelievable in that game. So I thought that looked pretty mm. cool. Yeah. The new, the new engine is called the apex game engine. And it looks, it looks like a in-house square Enix. So, uh, they're, and they're focusing on like weather lighting and draw distance. Right. There was like storm, like big storms and shit in this one, which looked really cool. Yeah. It looked yeah. Lit. Um, so yeah, it looks I, cool. I saw the, the, the trailer for, um, the awesome of Captain Spirit. Awesome. It's supposed to say adventures. Oh, I knew there was something the missing. Awesome, the awesome like, adventures of Captain Spirit. <laughs> and and like I saw that, I was like, man, Derek's gonna Derek would love this game if it was about a teenage girl. Oh, I, I'm gonna much. love this game anyway. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not as we much. went over it. We went over it. Yeah, we went over it the other day. That like I was like, game a show. I don't need to watch anything else. Like <laughs> this free. Well, and and I don't know if you know, but they they detailed a little bit in interviews afterwards. But this is going to be our introduction, essentially, to the Life is Strange Two universe. Um, and so these characters are not directly connected to Life is Strange Two, but there'll be hints and and, and stuff as to what um, what the main game may be about. So, um, so is Ca- does Captain Awesome and his superpower um, lip syncing? Captain Captain Spirit, uh, like the lip syncing is better. <laughs> Uh, but it was also better in Before the Storm, which you should play. I, I mean, you should play the first game. I mean, I I should play a, if you're feeling a lot if of you're games. going, you know, anytime you're having an existential crisis, play some Life is Strange. You'll feel better. Or, or if you want to know what it's like to be a <laughs> teenage like, girl, it's the best. I mean, it would be so much easier. I mean, to be would a girl. it? <laughs> I mean, for me, it would. Um. Anyways, uh, I also thought the 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 Quiet Man looked weird as shit. Like it started with this like kind of campy live action video, and I was and, and it's you know I was like oh it's like a weird way to introduce a game, but then that's also part of the game. It's supposed to be this like blend of live action with like super high quality graphics, but then the graphics look like shit from what they showed. Um, I don't know, and it, it sounds interesting. Like it's about the protagonist is deaf by the sounds of it, um, and. Uh, they noted as well that this is a like super cinematic experience that's designed to or not designed but can be completed in one sitting which is something <laughs> i'm definitely into um but the the trailer itself didn't do abs it didn't do anything for me at all just because it was this like like he kind of the character in the live action uh video kind of ducks down and then when he comes up it's now the video game and it's supposed to be like oh wow it was seamless but it like 
it looks it just looks bad like it it was so different looking and and even even the footage from like the live action looks really bad like it's just yeah yeah it's like lit poorly there's no color correction yeah the whole thing was weird and it was like i like the idea of it and i'm i'm always down for more games like that and i'm always down for more short games which i think we just talked about in the last episode as well but um it reminds me of know. um do you remember the watchman game yeah. on xbox live the beat yeah. em up yeah yeah it looks like that why why does it like like yeah, it looks God. that bad yeah. <laughs> It looks as bad as that Xbox 360. I thought you guys. I thought you guys were going to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. And I was like, I'm just not going to say anything this time. But okay, good. Like uh, that Watchmen game was talk good hideous. about the Watchmen game. Oh yeah. I mean, I played it. It was. I liked yeah, it. I feel like I played it. I feel like I didn't. I didn't hate it. I feel like I played it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I just want to know, like, uh, like no Final Fantasy VII news. Not even like, hey, remember this? We're still making it. We know you want it. One day it's going to come out, like literally not even mentioned. And also they're supposed to be working on this Avengers product project they haven't talked about. And I was like sure that they were going to be debuting it here. And again, not even a mention. I mean, it's like the Avengers, like half of them are dead at this point. Like they waited so long that half the cast is gone. It's like if they wait much longer, they're not going to have an (laughs) Avengers to deal with. They're going to have to rethink that whole game. Yeah. Spoilers for a two month old movie that everybody's seen. I haven't seen it. Do you think I? Do you think I can get my depression under control yes. enough to go see a movie? Everybody else in the country did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I, I mean, I had it's solo spoiled to me the other happened. day. Everything is as it was when it started. <laughs> oh well, actually, well, let me let me send you in this back channel. Hold on. Is that, oh yeah, is that yeah, yeah. Or I feel like that's only really it's not really even a spoiler though cuz that character's been in the animated show for like not two even 2 years. years. He was in the Dude, Clone Wars cartoon too, which is like fucking 10 years old by now. But yeah, that's that's beside the point. Um but yeah, so uh, so the Square Enix that was pretty much all that they really had to show, which was a bunch of everything they already showed. Um what was your favorite what was your favorite uh, product Octopath from, from them? Looks really cool, but I'm really down for any kind of like more retro RPGs. And I got to play Super Neptunia RPG today, speaking of, so if we have time, I could talk about that a little bit at the end, but mm. right now, I, but yeah. Um, yeah, no. Why, why yeah. is it called there's eight, I, there's eight characters you play as. There's eight characters. Gotcha. Um, I was, I would say I was most stoked on Shadow of the Tomb Raider because that game looks fucking glorious. Um, and I also realized that I have a very, so like my, justification for needing to get an xbox one and this is how i sold it to michaela was that i had like rise of the tomb raider is only on xbox <laughs> and i gotta play it and it looks so good and i just need it and you know and i'm like you know i'll be straight up it's gonna come to ps4 one day but that day is like a year from now and i need to play it right now and so we bought an xbox one well, can, so that- can i refresh the listeners on on how that story actually happened yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 do you know how this story happened? Um, you and Michaela got back from a party, and you guys were drunk, and you you kept drinking, and then you went and bought the Xbox, but accidentally bought it on her Amazon account, so she bought it for you. So that, I mean, I was getting to that because <laughs> I had been, so I had been pushing for this Xbox for some time, and and you know, she was no, 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 we don't need it, we don't need it. So and you liquor, you liquor sure. her up. <laughs> baby baby come on come on i think so from what i remember it was like I, like that 
that conversation came up again that night and she was like just get it and i was like okay and then i did and then that's all you needed was just that one but, moment of weakness but i've probably put like i i got that xbox and i I played through the Tomb Raider definitive definitive edition first because you know I need a refresher on this universe and blah blah blah. Whipped through that, played through it super quickly, and then you know it was like fifteen twenty hours long. And by that that point, I felt a little burnt out on Tomb Raider because I had just spent twenty hours playing it. So I put a good four or five hours into Rise of the Tomb Raider, which was fantastic. Uh, and then I and then and then it came out on PS4, <laughs> and then I got a new Xbox One. And then now we're three months away from uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I've put maybe five or six hours into it. So I have three months to finish this game. Or, I mean, she's already never living it down. It comes up very often. But if I don't finish this game before September 14th, it's like like the world is going to end or something like that. Like, I can't, I just can't do it. And now it's on Game Pass. Uh, like, <laughs> man, I fucked up that one. Oh, I think that's our stinger. Right that was there. my reaction to like every time they mentioned something coming to Game Pass. I'm like, "Fuck, why did I buy it?" Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, and the Game Pass announcements were like, like Division go like a few big third party titles. I think that were pretty cool, like Division and Fallout Four. Fallout Four is brilliant because it's going to be getting people hooked on like, like, oh, I can't wait. I want some new Fallout, and then seventy six is out in a few months. So, um, I feel like those were some good moves, uh, but. It was not a good move to not finish it. Uh, yeah, I think we've I think we've all had these huge purchase regrets lately. Like how you said, shorter games at this point are better because you're never going to play them otherwise. And that's like everything that they announced for Game Pass. So it sucks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so moving on from Square Enix <laughs> to Ubisoft, uh, there there was a lot of content that they were going over, mostly centered around the division. Um. We're getting a lot of their usual annual stuff, like the new Just Dance. We got some more information on Beyond Good and Evil 2. But out of everything that they showed, and this is probably of no surprise, but the thing that I was the most excited about that they showed was uh, Starlink, more specifically the Star Fox bundle that they're coming out with. He's like, um, that, Miyamoto looked so happy. That's 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 when I like I jumped into the stream was when that was happening, and I was so confused because they're like because um, Eve Guillemot was just talking about Star Fox. I'm like, why is Ubisoft making a fucking Star Fox game with people? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and then I was like, Miyamoto, what the fuck is going on? And then, and then my you probably thought it was the fever, I would imagine. Um, apparently, apparently Miyamoto knows like French. And so he like responded to Eve, like in the audience in French. And everyone's like, oh my God, look, the, the bridging, bridging communities, the, the, the Japanese <laughs> and the French are together at last. <laughs> maybe me, like, maybe Miyamoto is just so happy to see Star Fox in a like to see Fox in a competent game again. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I'd never has that game was that game announced before? I feel like I it was announced, it but it before. wasn't really shown. And I remember the rumors like when like before Toys of to Life had completely died out. Like there were rumors like a year and a half, two years ago, that Ubisoft was working on their own Toys to Life game. Mm-hmm. And was and was this announced as a Toys to Life game, or was it? Is that something that came after? Like, and why are they doing a Toys to Life game in 2018? Like, are they like, oh, there's no one else in the market now, so we'll have you to see? Do it well. started when it was when people were still playing when they were still around, right? Um, I remember. I think it was two years ago. Where I think the rumors started about two years ago, and then I think they mentioned it at either last year's E3 or at some big event last year, but they didn't really show anything. 
can you can you use your your uh, amiibos with it? No, it's like their own platform, That's their own Toys of Life game. Fucking dumb. So like the way that this game's working is that you have like a spaceship, and the toys the Toys of Life aspect of it is like you have a base for your spaceship, and then they're gonna sell separate parts to the spaceship separately, and then when you attach them to your ship, it'll reflect in the game with new abilities or weapons and everything. But that's it. That's pretty awesome, though. Also, how are how are Toys to Life dying? Like Toys to Life, I feel like is the coolest fucking because thing. people only have and so much shelf space right and now, money. I'd be obsessed with that shit. Yeah, but if you're a kid, like like I would want Skylanders forever. I mean, I still almost like like there's been times when I'm like, yeah, I could collect Skylanders, and I don't because I know as soon as I buy one, like I'm fucked. But oh, I don't know. If I was a kid right now, like like fuck trading card games, like fuck everything else. Just give me this, like like whatever whatever the newest toys to life thing is i i want all of it i think the thing that both trading cards and toys to life have in common is that it's all like middle-aged neckbeards who collect them like myself (laughs) so i mean i think that was like that was the problem with amiibos i think is the kids just couldn't find them because all of the all of the rare ones were getting swooped (laughs) up by by our fucking too old for this shit asses (laughs) shades man it's all shades and shades yeah yeah like the concept is really cool, but I don't really want to get sucked into another Toys of Life game again. However, I won't have to worry about that if I get the Switch version, since it comes with the R-Wing, and I really just want it for the R-Wing. Yeah, what else are you going to want at that? Like, what else do you yeah, need? Yeah, and I'll, I'm never going to customize that thing. It's just going to stay exactly as is, and that's as much as I'm ever going to play of it. Um, I actually w- looked into, there's a, a series of of apps and some services um, uh, for, for Android, and... Um, Basically, there's, there's there's websites that catalog the NFC data for Amiibos, and you can get these like little NFC stickers. They're like one-time write stickers that cost like a nickel, and you can use your phone. Oh yeah, I re- yeah, I wrote I, I read about and that. And you can use your phone to make little like am- Amiibo stickers, um, to you know, Amiibo with. So maybe maybe this will you can cheat the system that way too. Yeah, a lot of people were putting them in um, Yu-Gi-Oh I think, cards. But these ones like physically plug into each other too, though, right? Like the guns have to plug into the to the ship to actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure somebody much smarter than us can reverse engineer that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's true. Or you can just buy the fucking toys so that Toys to Life can live. No, Toys to Life are dead, except for Amiibo. And I like, like, I just feel like I'd be so like, like if I if I had a kid at gaming age and they're like dad i want to play this toys to life game i'm buying that kid all the fucking toys because i can benefit from well, that why, as are well. you, why are you forcing your passion on your children why don't you just let them decide for themselves maybe they're not in a toys to <laughs> because, life maybe they just want to because i need to mold them in to do all the things that i didn't realize i wanted to do until i was yeah i mean maybe they just want to play like magic the gathering or something maybe they want to play sports did you ever think of that pro, pro wrestling's a sport. how bad would it be if like you were like a super nerdy nerdy parent and and you raised a jock like I, uh that'd be rough <laughs> i mean I, I like whatever they're into i will support that but you know even if they're into collecting spaceship parts <laughs> as long as it as long as it interacts with a video game <laughs> okay. when you when you when you call them spaceship parts i get really uncomfortable for some reason why <laughs> i don't know i mean they are parts of a spaceship well tell me about your spaceship parts Another cool thing, though, aside from the spaceship parts themselves, <laughs> they come with little pilot parts. So it's like each little pilot has 
has different abilities in the ship too. So the Switch version mm, also me. comes with a mini fox. Oh no way! That's, I, I took a picture little, of a little pilot. <laughs> they had them on display on the show floor, and I didn't realize how small the pilots are. They're like a couple centimeters. Oh, I think they're supposed to actually fit in the this, ship. Did that's the why. ships? Did the ships look good quality? Yeah, they. Uh, I'll post a picture. Actually, I'll post it now if you guys wanted to check it out. But yeah, the ships actually yeah. look really cool. But yeah, I, like with the Ubisoft, like for me, and I know I feel like maybe you guys will have more to say. But like with Ubisoft in general, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. A lot of their big games aren't really games that capture my interest a whole lot. Like the Division, I don't really care about. Assassin's Creed, I got so burnt out when they were releasing three a year that I haven't cared in a couple of years. Um, <laughs> like I'm excited for the Mario and Rabbids Donkey Kong DLC. Hey, but this one has women. Oh, oh, really? Oh, that changes everything. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, Mario and Rabbids DLC looks really cool, but that's also nothing new. We've seen trailers for that the last couple of months. Beyond Good and Evil 2 looks great, but it, that's we were talking about it last time, how when a game gets delayed for so long, I eventually stop caring. So with Beyond Good and... Yeah, yeah you're at that point. Yeah, like I'm kind of Evil. like, I'll probably pick it up when it comes out, but there's like nothing they can do in terms of like trailers or promotion that's going to get me any more or less excited for it. It's just kind of white noise to me until it eventually just releases. Right. But yeah, um, but is there any other stuff that you guys that? Yeah, I mean, I th- I thought overall the like Ubisoft's presentation was the most fun. I think like like it just seemed like all- I just loved how they like it seemed like each developer took a moment to like focus on like like their team and thanking their team and like it just seemed like a lot of them were having a a, a really fun time with the presentation itself. Uh, and it was silly. Like they opened it with like some weird fucking dancing panda thing, uh, which led into announcement of just dance 2019, which is coming. It's going as far back as the original Wii. Like that game is coming out on the, it's still Wii. really, uh, what? yeah, That's yeah. Weird. Uh, which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's coming to Wii Xbox 360, probably PS3. I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, that was pretty crazy. And then when the trials guy came out and he like falls on that like cabinet thing and he's like, oh, no, um, like it, it just seemed like they were having a lot of fun with it. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then I loved the Begun Good and Evil 2 trailer. Like that is still a game where I absolutely loved the first one. I actually would love to see an HD remaster of the first one because the first one I played so many years ago that I do, I barely remember it. I just remember loving it. Um, but seeing the trailer for this new one and it was a fabulous trailer and them revealing it was a prequel because I don't think that, I don't think that they had revealed that before, but uh, I think be they did because the, okay. when they were showing when they were explaining why Jade wasn't the main character or whatever. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, anyways, that was news to me. Um, uh, but I thought it looked really cool and then it was really heartwarming cause they looked like they were having like, like, especially with the beyond good and evil two presentation, it looked like they were having such a good time on stage and then if you were watching the live stream when they went to the back like they the i guess they didn't cut the mic for like a few oh, seconds yeah. probably by accident but the the girl was like oh my god we nailed it we nailed it and she sounded so happy about <laughs> like the presentation she had just given and it was super heartwarming and, and lovely uh and i was super into that um division two looks really cool i i, I think i mentioned last time because they debuted that at the microsoft conference i think um, i'm so so hyped for that yeah like i've only put like four or five hours into the first game but what i've played i've really enjoyed i just have like there's just so many fucking games out right now but division two looked great um it's cool that they i mean they're introducing raids which is a new thing 
but the fact that the story DLC at this point, at least they've announced that the, like the three episodes that they've announced already are all going to be absolutely free for all players. So that's super cool. Um, you got to, the, the, the worst thing about the division two thing was the, the, their, their demo at the Microsoft conference, which was like, like the gameplay itself looked fine, but it was just like such a, like, look at how HDR we can be. <laughs> um, but then it was also like the stupid fucking tech, Techcom communications where everyone like nobody talks like that in the entire world but somehow these like nerdy gamers are like like t- just talking all tactical oh yeah and yeah oh, i was so i i, I so hated that when they announced the first division it's like like bro like no no one ta- no one no one talks like that ever yeah oh yeah yeah but and and so lot, that lot, was but a lot more cursing a lot cool. more casual racism there's 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 some dude's kid in the background like breaking stuff there's somebody vaping like can we get an actual like e3 demo or it's just something like you just like every five seconds you just hear the like that sound the vape things make when you vape out of them like is that the sound yeah um skull and bones i thought looked pretty cool but like i still don't know exactly what it is like, is it just the ship battles? They showed this, like, pirate area where you can walk around and stuff. But, like, like it just seemed like in the ship and in the battles itself, you basically press a button to, like, reorient to a different side of the ship. Um, and it didn't seem like you're... It didn't look like you're moving around freely or anything during that. Like, you just control different points at different times. Um, it looked really arcadey, I thought. A lot of the combat looked quite arcadey, like, with the bonuses and the power-ups and stuff like that. But it looked super, like, like it looked pretty, pretty gorgeous. And it are we, like are we gonna, are we well. gonna be able to resurrect one of our, our classic Geekscape games memes? How, how cinematic was the game? <laughs> I, I don't even was that. I don't even remember what that. That's because uh, the was twenty that? frames per second Assassin's Creed. They called it. The they called cinematic it a cinematic experience. Yeah. What the? F- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> are you all right? Uh, I muted my Zencaster recording and then forgot we were using the <laughs> Skype. But yeah, I'm good. Um, well, I mean, it's good to know, uh, you know, this is how Derek tells us about his cocaine addiction, so. I had to blow my nose, okay? Sure, whatever. I got, a couple, got a couple of, uh, got a couple of grams stuck in there. <laughs> you, know, you know how um, I can tell you you've never done drugs, Josh? How's that? <laughs> It just sounds like you've never done drugs before. Oh, okay. Uh, I also thought, like, so I have Assassin's Creed. What was the previous one? Origins or something. I have that sitting on my shelf, and I played it for two hours to see how it looked on the Xbox One X, and it looked awesome. But I haven't played it since, and it's, again, we're just like, there's so many good games coming out so frequently that it's so hard to commit to. I think it's like the same thing with you and, like, Fallout and stuff, where it just feels daunting to even get into it because you know that that to to finish it or to get a, the gist of the story or whatever it's going to take so many hours mm-hmm. um so i don't even want to start uh but assassin's creed odyssey i love the setting uh and it looked like they were like there were so many moments where i was like they took that right from the 300 movie like they took that right from the 300 movie and i was super into all of that shit even though it was like super derivative but um derivative i haven't oh, heard it, that word in a while 10 points <laughs> uh but yeah no it looked it looked pretty cool and i like the i like the the, the spartan storyline i think it'll be cool do they still do the animus stuff like that's how far i got in origins like do you still kind of jump around in time sometimes 
I have no idea. The as last far time... as I know, I don't think so. Okay. Well, it looked like, yeah, I wonder what they're, because it looked like there were moments in this that looked like, because uh, this is set, I think, well after, you know, the Battle of Thermopylae with Leonidas and everything like that. And in fact, they mentioned Leonidas in the trailer and everything like that. But it looked, it also looked like they cut to moments in the, um, they, they cut to moments from the game that looked like they were part of that battle. So I wonder if the Animus will, will show up and, and you will be jumping around at all, or maybe there's just flashbacks to something that happened because they wanted to fit in this cool battle. So the last, like the last Assassin's Creed one I played was Syndicate, the French one. And I... Was that French or in... I thought it was in like London Oh, or then the one before that. Origins? No. Odyssey? Fuck. What is it? It was... Odyssey, Odyssey is the new one. Uh, there was Syndicate and, and there was... Uh, Origins? The, the one before... No. Unity! Unity! <sighs> Oh, Unity was the bad one. Yeah, that was the last one I played. That was... Yeah, there's been two since then. the French one. Um, So, like... Aren't they all French? No, like, this was in France. This was during the the Let Them Eat Cake thing. Oh. That was Queen Elizabeth. Never mind. It doesn't doesn't (laughs) matter, right? It doesn't, doesn't matter. So, and I forgot my point. God damn it, Ubisoft. Younger than Evil 2 has me visibly aroused. Did you say? Did you say Queen Elizabeth said let them eat? Yeah, cake? didn't she? No, it's Marie Antoinette. Oh shit, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Geekscape Games podcast historically factual, just like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Beyond Good and Evil has me visibly aroused. Yeah, yeah, that looks fa- that looks fabulous. Um, yeah, but like Beyond Good to me, Beyond Good and Evil two, and then uh, Starlink were like the big standouts. Everything else is kind of like whatever. Um, uh, I did want to, um, Joseph, 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 Gordon Lovett, I don't know why I had so much problem with that, um, uh, is, is actually working with Beyond Good and Evil 2, um, he has a, a company called Hit Record, are you guys familiar with that? Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's been around for a long time, yeah, I had no idea until the conference. Um, it's been around since, uh, 2004, and basically it's a, um, it's a place where creators can create mo- movies, music, art, um, and uh, it like goes through a couple different phases, and basically it gets sold um, to be in like games and stuff, uh, among other things, among other things. And they're teaming up for having people work for Beyond Good and Evil too, and artists will um, will get paid. Uh, he f- apparently flubbed the script and just wanted to make it clear that artists will be paid and there will be a like their normal compensation scale for mm. for that which i think is super cool i wonder if when i like yeah that's that was interesting because i feel like like being semi-familiar with hit record and what they've been doing over the years like i like it's usually a, a paid thing you're just collaborating on these things and so for them not to mention it, i was like oh are they like asking for free content or what so it's good that they elaborated on that yeah. um but uh yeah i wonder if we can they take podcasts can we put our podcast in here <laughs> we get paid for i think you have to have some level of professionalism probably to get no in. i mean we're we're a moderately professional organization. I mean, we're so uh, moderate's a loose term. I think we're so professional that I had to get in by having my friend tell them that I was an employee for the video game history museum. <laughs> tell that story. 
I feel like you just did. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the beginning and end of it. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, there's a there's a really good uh, um, sidetrack. There's a really good subreddit called Act Like You Belong, and it's pretty much just social engineering stuff. And these guys talked about how they got into E3 by dressing up as caterers, just like black shirts, black. <laughs> was that last year? I feel like I remember something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was last year. Like black shirts, black yeah. pants, aprons, um, and they just got in. Yeah, the first year I got to, the first year I went to E3, we pretended to be security guards. Nice. Did you get in? <laughs> yeah, because my friend, my friend who worked security at the building that I worked at at the time, he took a bunch of freelance jobs at the convention center, and he was like, "Yeah, they have so many freelance like security guards just come and go that they're not even going to realize that I'm not supposed to be working here." <laughs> so he just came through the back entrance and went up to his boss. He was like, "Oh, hey." Oh, here's my crew for the day. And he was like, okay. And then we went in, we stuck lanyards under our shirts because back then they weren't nearly as like as strict about checking what the badge says and all that. Mm, so we just stuck right, blank right. lanyards under our shirts to make it look like we had our badges on and just got in line for the Wii because that was the year that the Wii got announced and everyone is, there was like a five hour line to try it. <laughs> Did you try the Wii? Mm-hmm, yeah. It was phenomenal, except for <laughs> except for Wii music. It was phenomenal in the most deadpan milk toast voice. It was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> All right, uh, Ubisoft done. Yeah, done. So, they're 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 done. They're they're dead. They're buried. I mean, that's pretty much all there was to say about it. Um, we do Anything have cool from the PC. Yeah, we do have the PC um, conference, which is absolutely unimportant. <laughs> yeah i only watched a little bit of it because we uh we had to my myself and jake who was visiting had to go to uh sony for their conferences they did like this playstation e3 experience thing where they did um they were streaming the conference to a bunch of movie theaters oh and so we ended up getting tickets for that um uh jake had jake was fast on the trigger finger when they went out and so we got tickets for that which was pretty cool but because of that we had to leave like just at the beginning of the um, PC gaming conference. Uh, so what we saw, like like the one game I saw that looked kind of interesting, and mostly it looked interesting because I'm like, oh, if Epic is getting sued for Fortnite, like these guys are definitely going to get sued by PUBG. <laughs> um, so it's a game called Mavericks Proving Grounds, which like just looking at clips of it, you could pretty much confuse for PUBG. Uh, but interestingly enough, it, it, rather than doing a hundred players, it's a thousand player battle Royale, which sounds fucking crazy. First of all, but, I'm still, I'm, uh, I'm still waiting for this. There was this Xbox 360 game that was supposed to come out from a South Korean studio called Huxley. That was supposed to be a hundred V 100, like TDM games. And they were like, it's just not possible. Like the, the, it, it's <laughs> like to have net code like that. It's just not possible. And then like a few years later when like Halo three or four one of the halos was coming out and they were like hey we're gonna have 100 v 100 battles and everyone's like cool just like that korean game that never came out and then mm. it got closer and closer like it's not possible it's just not possible so i, I i'm i'm I, i'm <laughs> not gonna 1000 players yeah and it i mean it's like i think that there's gonna be some sort of fakery going on because they also showed off like like the way the trailer worked out there's this Per, there's the kind of the social hub area called the Capitol, and people were like just standing around the Capitol, and then they were diving off of that 
and then like like to drop to drop into the map essentially and so i'm wondering if it's just like like it starts with a smaller amount of people but the total amount of players throughout the round will be a thousand type thing um that's something i could think of but yeah a lot of it was like i was like this looks just like PUBG, yeah and they're gonna get in trouble for that other than that actually the game prior to that it was called neo cab um which like fucking gorgeous art Uh, you basically you play a cab driver in the future um and you're at a point where cabs don't really exist anymore i don't really know why you're there um but it's kind of it looks like it's like a dialogue based like you you kind of choose your dialogue options and um uh, that can affect like like your perception and your rating and and how much money you're getting paid but it also has like a it seems like it has an overarching storyline like you're kind of waiting for your friend to contact you and they were supposed to contact you a few hours ago. And it's like, you're learning about what happened to them as you're driving people around in this cab. Um, but it looked really interesting. It looked like, like this, the art itself and the music and stuff was super cool and, um, interesting premise as well. I'm looking at, um, hmm, I'm looking at stuff about, um, Mavericks and their dynamic fire propagation has me, um, really like interested. Huh? I'm, 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 uh, I, did you guys ever play, uh, f- uh, Far Cry 2? Uh, yeah, years and years and years ago, but yes. And like, a and their, bit, their yeah. big gimmick. I hated it. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Um, they're big. Because I liked Far Cry 1 and I wanted a sequel to that. It's never going to happen. Far Cry 1's bad. Far Cry 2 is best. Um, where they had like that fire engine. <sighs> Man. Um, yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah. Though, like with the how it would spread and just get absolutely massive. Yeah, and you could set fires to like flush out, um, like um, checkpoints and stuff. Um, littering, footprints, foliage displacement. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Because it looks like they had like a lot of stuff in like like hunting, hunting like people down, where you actually have to like. Huh. Sounds cool. Anyway, there we go. Sidetrack. Um, I'm still, can I, can I get like points for, for like saying like, Hey, I told you so with star citizen like 10 years ago. Um, what, a, what about star citizen? Star citizen has earned like $10,000 million and the game is, is like still in like hyper pre alpha and people have spent thousands of dollars on ships and insurance. And this game is, this game is not coming out. This is the, our modern Duke Nukem forever, but it's out kind of sounds like is it are you no. playing it you is it early access it's it's in one of the alpha stages you can play like you can go around and check out your garage and i think there might be some like multiplayer like stuff like enabled and some of the story mode stuff isn't out yet it's just i mean this game's gonna this game is gonna be dated as fuck when when it eventually comes out just makes me think of mighty number no. nine yeah that makes sense <laughs> so whenever I think of games ripping people off at all, I think of Mighty Number no. Nine like instantly. What what was that 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 like Red Harvest or Red Ash game that they 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 put out like at the same time while Mighty Number no. Nine was still being made? Yeah, like my that was the spin off that they were asking for money for through Kickstarter again before the Mighty Number no. Nine was even out, and they had two separate Kickstarters: one for the game and one for like an animated movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when it didn't when it didn't get the money through Kickstarter, then they ended up getting a like a investment firm to pay for it anyway. So then people were like super pissed. Mm, lovely. Oh, oh, dude, did you guys talk about session? Session. Jeff? Session looked, yeah, I was. I thought. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, we did talk about sessions a little bit. I mean, it didn't 
we didn't see much, but they, I was like, holy shit, Skate 4, I'm going to die. I'm so excited. And I was convinced it was Skate 4 until the title came up and didn't say Skate 4. But at that point, I didn't care because it's a skateboarding game that looks rad. Well, it was weird because EA had like recently just turned the skate servers back on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's there was just so many rumors because there was like recent like trademark renewals and the servers coming back online out of nowhere. Yeah. And I think somebody posted like like one of the guys that worked on skate, like posted a random skate oriented photo. Uh, and so the rumors were so rampant yeah, and, and there nothing was, happened. And there yeah. was a there was an interview from a skateboarder that was like, yeah, I'm doing stuff for Skate 4 in a, oh, really? in a magazine. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Um, but Session was actually a Kickstarter project from a while ago. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft uh, apparently like picked it up and was just going to carry it the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So it's on Steam Greenlight. I'm so hyped for that. So hyped for yeah, that. Yeah, it looks awesome. So hyped for that. But yeah, fuck you, Star Citizen. <laughs> So is that all there was to say about the PC conference? I didn't follow it at all because, you know, like consoles really all that matters anyway. That's what E3 is all about. Um, Yeah. I'm just looking at the list right now. Like Walking Dead final season. I I feel like I should play the second one. Of the show? (laughs) I think there's three or four of them. Really? So you should play the second one. Uh, uh, One game I'm really excited for, and I hope it makes it to mobile. Uh, It's called Two Point Hospital. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen that at all? Mm Mm-mm. So Two Point Hospital, it looks like a, and I think it might even be, it might have even been created by some of the original developers, but it's like a spiritual successor to Theme Hospital. Mm. Um, So you build a hospital, like you have to build and manage these hospitals. It's got a comedic tone to it. Uh, It looks like a blast and I absolutely loved Theme Hospital and it looks like a newer version of that. So I'm definitely into it. Um, They also did show a trailer for... It's a it's like an indie game that I'm super excited for, and they debuted I think last year at E3, but it's called Ooblets. Um, it's like it's it's basically they've coined it like like a Harvest Moon slash Stardew Valley, but mixed with Pokemon and Animal Crossing. So you like, like farm and you build shit, but you also collect like Pokemon looks, style creatures. It looks adorable. It, it looks adorable. Yeah, it looks super cute. Um, they haven't shown it that like they've not detailed anything like a release date or anything like that. I don't think at this point, so it could still be a ways away, but it looks like great fun. And I think the, de- I can't remember who the developer is, but I think their last game was really good as well. Um, do you guys talk about Hitman two? No. Uh, Hitman two got announced. Like that looks pretty dope. It's not going to be episodic. There's going to be free DLC. So that's, that's cool. Bigger crowds than the last game I heard. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be like, was the like, was the episodic thing a problem or why is it a big deal that it's not episodic this time around? It, it was, it, it was a very divisive like situation for, um, the, uh, the fans. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, oh, we don't want, you know, we want it all at once. But one thing that I thought was pretty cool, um, about the episodic content is there was actually a pretty popular, um, uh, like achievement hunter video where they ended up like, like killing every single person on the map by like electrocuting everybody. There was like a certain spot that was like electrified water, and basically you, they kept whistling and bringing everybody over. And there was like a giant pile, <laughs> pile of bodies. And so this, there was this really popular achievement hunter video of of just that happening. And in the um, like one of the following episodes, there's dialogue between guards like, "Man, did you hear what happened in in France?" Like, "Oh man, I'll." Everybody at the at the castle got electrocuted. It was crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. So I thought it. Was, I, I mean, I think stuff like that's kind of cool. But um, 
don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't do episode episodic that well, personally. Yeah. I usually Myself. just try to wait until just, they're all know, out. I feel like I like the idea. I, <laughs> I like the idea of episodic because it's like, it's shorter chunks more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just more manageable, I think, because like like jumping into a twenty hour game seems daunting, but it's if it's delivered in three hour chunks every couple of months, it's like much less. Hey, it's a waste. Like that's why I think I loved or I I fall so easily into episodic games like from Telltale or from Don't Not or whoever is just because like like if I can sit down and play this episode in one sitting, that's fucking perfect, and then I don't have to worry about it for a couple months thing. In in uh. As my second favorite quote from any Geekscape production, if you blow your load, you blow your load, whether you blow it all at once or <laughs> or a series of months. What's your uh, first uh, first favorite quote? Uh, hey, Metroid, how much for a blowski? Is that a Geekscape Games quote? No, not, uh, it's just uh, from a Geekscape production. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So look up... Uh, booth Babes. Uh, booth Bubs. Booth Bubs. Booth Bubs. Yeah. And then the sequel, uh, Sonic 4. Uh, it was a show that Geekscape and Machinima did called NPCs. So find a uh, find 2009 Shane in one of those videos. <laughs> he was so young and full of dreams back then. Yeah, young, dumb, and full of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, the but a new Ono uh, game coming out, which is a really like like dope series of like really like intense simulator real time strategy games. Um, from Ubisoft, so to see that that on the list was really really cool. So Ano is is cool. Cool story. What's Ano? Is that the guy who made? Isn't that the guy who made Street Fighter Four? No, it's a series of real time strategy simulation games from Ubisoft. Yeah, but like, what about what do you do? You strategize in real time, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and and you say no more. And you, say no more. I'm in. <laughs> So yes, so that but <laughs> what is happening? What? what was that? <laughs> it's just like so weird, just weird silence all of a sudden, and nobody's going anywhere uh, with anything. So, uh, so if we're done with the PC section, there is a lot to cover with Sony's uh, conference, uh, which I feel like Derek, if you could lead us through the beginning, because I know how much you love Last of Us. Do you guys? I do. And love I know Last how much. Do you guys? And then want, Shane, I know how much you love lesbians. So, uh, why don't you guys? <laughs> yo, yo! I, I was actually like, that was a really tasteful, tasteful like lesbian. <laughs> As opposed to the normal. <laughs> what the fuck was I trying to say with that? I don't know. Um... <laughs> Very tasteful lesbians in this Last of Us trailer. <laughs> I I don't know what that meant. I don't I don't know, dude. All right. <laughs> do, do we Anyways, do we want to do, so... do we want to like have a a, a, a episode one fifty eight point seven five part three is a... is that sounds like a Kingdom Hearts title? Because <laughs> um, we're at time, but you know I'm just special guest on here, so there's no time. This, there's this no is the E three special. Like, though. Who sets this arbitrary time? Like chains are off. What is it? You know, this is this is the second half of the of the episode from two days ago, which was an hour and forty minutes long. So, hey, th- th- our last no two e threes ago, we recorded six hours in one night. Did we really? No, me, Josh, and Carlos did. Oh, all right. Is well, good for you. Derek this had is- to go to bed. 
I team is dead. I think I was working in the film industry then, so fuck you. I probably worked for twenty two yeah, hours. Derek, Derek had hidden Anyways, temples to work on. So and you I, dare you dare mock him. So I I've to... got free healthcare and I'm so tired. What was it? What happened? Like oh, some guy with hepatitis spit in my eyes and I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> You're like, man, I, I love my job. I sat in an alley for 16 hours and watched somebody do heroin. Man, you guys do listen to me sometimes. <laughs> That's really touching. All of those things happen. Sorry, guys. I can't hear the podcast. A junkie spit on me. I love my job. A junkie spit on me. Now I have to go get my shots. Some shirtless man with a guitar tried to fight me. <laughs> I did uh, one time. I did, uh, but man, I, I kept that. Photo. I kept that alley safe. <laughs> I, I took a photo. Hey, sometimes I had to warn people not to walk under certain balconies because people would pee on them. That was a very important job. Okay, <laughs> piss patrol. Piss. One time, one time, I took a picture of a drug deal as it was happening, and the dudes looked at me just as the just as I took the photo. And it was like pretty terrifying. <laughs> uh, I'll see if I can find it. But anyways, Sony had a yo. Was, please, we are falling apart. Find that. Find that. If you can find that, I want that to be the album. <laughs> I mean, it's very low resolution. That makes it even better. I, I, I need it. <laughs> um. Anyways, so they. Uh, I, I got to go to a theater for this, so it was pretty cool. Like they gave you a, you get like a lanyard that looks like an E three type badge type thing, and it's got a QR code on it. And if you scan that, Sony's got an app called PlayStation Experience, which I've never heard, I'd never heard of before. But um, you can get little quests and stuff like that for certain Sony themed events and unlock like PS four themes and all this other stuff. But you scan it, you got like a special theme and a, some some DLC for some games. You got like a $10 PlayStation store credit um, and some other stuff. They also give you like pop and popcorn when you went there. So it was a pretty fun event and it was neat watching that in that sort of setting, I think, because uh, I don't know. It was just cool. It was cool being there and seeing the crowd, seeing crowds like freak out or whatnot. Like when, when certain things were announced or when certain things were shown or, you know, gasping at some really intense moments, like all in unison. Um, all of that stuff was pretty interesting. I thought what was the big, what was the biggest reaction from your crowd? Uh, like I think title? it was like probably there were some big reactions during The Last of Us. Um, mostly like like just in terms of there was a moment in The Last of Us trailer where the like well one thing as well is the NPC like faces and facial animations were fucking fabulous. But there was a moment where Ellie is like sprinting away um, and kind of within one long motion she, like or one motion she's sprinting she grabs a bottle tosses the bottle at a person all like like without missing a beat and um like the whole crowd kind of gasped at that moment which was pretty cool but other than that it would be the Taste, tasteful uh, lesbian <laughs> other than that it would have been the resident evil 2 debut i think is like like people were fucking screaming at that which was pretty neat um yeah, yeah, that would probably be. But yeah, I like that Last of Us trailer was well, and it, and the the thing opened and it was kind of weird, and people didn't seem to like the banjo thing. I thought kind of thought the banjo thing was cool because I recognized the music within like four notes and was like, oh shit, this is kind of neat. 
And then that the whole setting of the conference was kind of odd. Like they're in this weird building and you're like, what's going on? And then as soon as it goes into the trailer, it makes sense because they're in like, it looks like the same fucking place that they are, um, <clears throat> that they are like sitting in at that moment, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the trailer started and the trailer was brilliant. Um, it, like like it was great like graphically it looked absolutely insane um you it introduced uh jesse and nina uh which are look like they're going to be some sort of important characters in the game goes into some stealth gameplay and showed off some amazing like like the ai seemed really good the level design was unreal um the gore like really really intense gore and stuff like that as ellie is doing what she needs to do to survive essentially um everything was super fluid uh it was like like the way that it let that it flowed from from long range combat to melee combat and and like the enemies seem to be using the environment to attack Ellie and stuff like that um looks like ammo is still a, a tough thing um i mean that this is a sequel like ammo was pretty scarce in the first one so well, i'm what, sure that it just watching watching her like stab that dude's throat was like fucking intense yeah like good job so, yeah yeah, it was, and and then like just the way that it, the whole thing was like bookended, like like just the line, like they should be terrified of you, and then it goes into this like thing where she's doing these unimaginable things to these people that are trying to kill her, just so that she can like, just as so, just so she can get out of this like moment alive. I thought she dies uh, at then, the end. No, no. Who dies at the first one? Nobody important. Nobody. <laughs> I thought somebody gets fucking killed at the end of the first one. Well, kind of, but no one, not like a main character. Oh, but yeah. What? So, but like watching this trailer, the thing that stood <laughs> out to me the most is that the enemies acknowledge Ellie's existence this time, which would yeah. be kind of hard to <laughs> sell the true. game since it's looking like she's the main character this time around. So, hey, is is it? Does Darth Maul die at the end of Last of Us One after getting spit in the eye by hepatitis? No, but I'm pretty sure he was the. I'm pretty sure he was the Arkham Knight though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but, uh, i love stuff too like when she gets shot <laughs> what did you just say You're ruining our discussion Sorry. come on did you just say i love stuff come too on. no i said i loved the moment too oh. where she gets like shot by an arrow and it's like it's not just like it's not just that this shot takes down your health bar like she's got this arrow sticking out of her and she has to find cover and then actually pull it out like moments like that i thought were super cool and just added to like the immersion of the whole title um Oh uh, yeah, it was. I don't know. It was unreal. Uh, Day one download, and then uh, cool. and then the presentation got awkward because the, after the uh, do you, what do you guys have things to say about the Last of Us? What do you, what did you think of that trailer? Um, I mean, it looked really. I thought it looked really intense. It was did a really good job of kind of displaying the intensity and the just a strong representation of what they were going for in terms of like the horror and the isolation aspect and just how absolutely brutal this is. But at the same time, again, like I'm one of five people who wasn't like a huge fan of the first one. So it's like, it looks really cool and I'll play it when it comes out. But like watching it, I was just kind of like, uh, like uh, whether or not it'll blow me away, I'll believe it when I play it kind of thing. Right, right. I am. Um, uh, I never played the first one, so I I don't know and have no opinion. You've never played the first one. Never played the first one. What the fuck, man? I mean, never played it. Can you play it? Can you start it tonight? Um, I I mean, can, I, I, can you commit to that? It's on sale, I think, on the PlayStation Store. I have thirty two cents in my bank account. Yeah, but what about like a credit card? 
Said, no, I don't have those anymore, man. I already made that mistake twice. Oh. <laughs> Do you got any of like, games to trade or anything? I mean, I mean, I can, I can, I don't know. Trade in my Switch. Can I trade in my no, my, my amiibos? Oh no, those aren't worth anything anymore. Do you have any? Do you have any f- hip hop you can sell for free? <laughs> free oh, hip-hop. there you go, some free hip hop. Free hip hop. Did you know that I, I found out that those free hip hop CDs are typically blank? What really? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a street <laughs> it's scam. It's a scam. It's a street scam, like blank CDs. So if you like looked at like if you looked on the other side, what if you looked on the other side and it was just blank, and then you could call them out on it? I feel like a guy with a scar on his face who's scamming people for hip hop. I mean, maybe the scar is not real and it's part of the scam. I mean, the scar was on his Instagram, so I feel like. How do you know his Instagram if he's fucking giving you fake fake yeah, hip hop? He's not it a was, very good, not a very good scammer was, if he has like an Instagram it, account. It was written on the CD. Oh, was it? Yeah. But why would he be giving a real Instagram account if his if his CD is a blank CD? I don't know. It was blank. What do you even put a CD into these days? Like, what are you going to listen to that on? A stereo? No. Nobody has those anymore. The Last Anyways, of Us was cool. Last of Us was cool. Then it got awkward because then they, they and I feel like this their presentation was cool, but then they they were in this this one area and then they had like a brief intermission while they moved everyone into the room where they would spend the like watch the rest of the presentation essentially. But so while that was happening, it kind of pulled back. It's it, it was like a um, there was like four hosts. And they were kind of li- revealing a little bit of other news while the intermission was happening. And and Sean Layden, who is he does a lot of that Sony stuff. Oh, the professor. Um, yeah. So <laughs> uh, he was the like host of this, and he just kept saying like, "In just a few minutes, we will be like heading back in." And he said that like four or five times, and it kept being like so long. Like it was probably like twenty or thirty minutes. Like this intermission was longer. Than the presentation had been up until that point. Really? And so it was kind of we. I don't know if it was like it was just taking everyone longer to move into this other room than anticipated or what, but they, they just kept having to like be like, we will be back soon. Uh, but they revealed a couple little things through that. Uh, they did an extra game drop for PlayStation Plus. So they were making Black Ops 3 with, uh, became free for PlayStation Plus members. Um, announced that there's like four classic Black Ops maps going to Black Ops 4 as well as Black Ops 3. Uh, they're adding a new game plus mode to God of War, which a lot of people have been asking for. Oh, that's cool. They showed a, they showed a few trailers that have already already been seen. I can't remember what those trailers were for. Um, yeah, and then it moved, and then they finally moved back into the auditorium, which was now a new room with like a big widescreen uh, display that was like curved for like a good, like it was curved a good chunk around the kind of tent area that they were in. Um, they showed off the next game, which was called Ghosts of Tsushima, uh, which is like a samurai game that looks fucking beautiful. Uh, did you watch this trailer, Shane? Dude, I was so like thoroughly hyped on uh on that. Like that was so dope. It, uh, <laughs> I I the, the aesthetic, the how realistic and grounded it is. Um, we haven't seen. I I don't remember in like a long time. I. I realistically grounded like edo period samurai game it feels like one of the yakuza games but set in in like the you know the edo period uh mm-hmm. or like breath of the wild meets um Rurouni kenshin or something like that but it was like oh, so so dope like it has me it has me hyped, hyped <laughs> as hell hyped as hell i thought there was a little 
like they, they could have at least found, you know, an Asian dude to play the flute. I feel like it was a little mm. like, man, there's probably a lot of flute players out there that are Asian. Why get like a like a white dude with like mutton chops? I felt like that was a little weird. Well, I mean, Neo's main character is a white samurai, so like maybe that's just the popular thing now. I mean, Tom Cruise was the last samurai, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you okay? What was that joke oh, on Chappelle's show with uh, Paul Mooney, where he was making fun of The Last Samurai starring Tom Cruise? And he was like, That'd be, like, what's next? They're going to make a movie called Last Nig on Earth starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, all, all complaints, hey, hold complaints. Josh is, you know, ambiguously ethnic, so he can use the N-word. Yeah. I. He's the blackest guy I know. Yeah. Especially after this fucking sunburn I got at the... EA event yesterday. <laughs> it's fucking hideous. I need to take a picture of it. Keep keep going. I'm gonna take a picture of my sunburn. <laughs> Put that shit on Instagram. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I, so I really us, loved the tell us about Ghost of Tsushima. So it's like so it's this it's like I mean it's a samurai game and it looks unbelievable, but um it looks pretty gorgeous. It's like an open world action game. Like you said, it's pretty they they've noted that it's pretty grounded. Um uh they didn't go super in depth with a lot of they like they showed the, the some sword combat but didn't go super in depth with it but a lot of the um a lot of the attacks and stuff looked really neat there's like a parry system and there's finishers which can be pretty gory and pretty brutal um you know pretty a lot of standard stuff stealth kills and everything like that except everything looks super stylish uh and then it the, the demo itself you had a moment where you kind of climb up into this like like building uh and you're kind of have a a bird's eye perspective of these enemies on the ground and the character kind of jumps down and does a really cool like like fast sequence where because he's surprising all of these people he's able to like kill them all before they have a chance to react and then even like stabs through the paper wall and like pulls someone else in type thing which is pretty cool it um there was actually a bunch of details that got leaked um but um they the trailer that was at the the sony event is not part of the main story at all it's just a side quest yeah, I, yeah, I read that. Apparently, a lot of the side quests can be quite massive yeah. and uh, have really interesting stories within themselves, which I'm really interested in. Um, and then it almost like like I got a lot of like Witcher vibes, even in terms of the way the combat looked like it worked in a lot of ways and stuff like that, which is a good thing, I think. Um, and I loved there was a moment where it's almost like a like really slow, really drawn out, like like there's you versus this one other person and you're both like taking a long time to pull out your swords and stuff like that and then once you start this like one-on-one sword fight like the lighting is absolutely gorgeous and and the way that the like it's like fall and there's leaves all over the place like these red like deep red leaves and they're getting kicked up as you're moving around and everything like that and it looked absolutely spectacular and like a like a fire gets started and it's yes yeah and the fire is like spread throughout the leaves and it's so beautiful. So one of the things that came out was that there, <clears throat> um, the movement is like the main theme that they're going for. So trees, grass, leaves, fire, environment, like they want to make the world like, like be moving and it's going to have a super uh, minimal HUD, which I think is really cool. I like games like that or like um, Dead Space where it has like a really like believable HUD. Totally. For yeah, the system. Yeah. Um, uh, you will be able to ha- uh, have it played completely in Japanese. I think I might go that route and like have it, you know, voice voiced in in Japanese. Um, 
but yeah, that it, it's just looks so dope. So dope. Mm-hmm. So. Did it have a release date? Uh, I don't know. TBA. I don't think I saw a release date. TBA. TBA. TB, TBD. TBA. TBD. Uh, next up was Contr- next up was a game called Control, uh, which is not an exclusive title, but it's a new game from Remedy Entertainment, which wasn't revealed until the end. Um, as it looks kind of cool, I I can't really remember what the story was in the trailer, but it's kind of a trippy supernatural. And I I I, I leaned to my friend at the time we were watching. I was like, this looks really like Quantum Breaky uh, in terms of the combat and it's like some time powers and stuff like that. It kind of looks like. And then the remedy logo flashes at the end, so so that that would be why it looked quantum break. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I am a huge fan of remedy games, so I will buy this as soon as I possibly can. Um, did you, damn, Josh, super, you look black as hell. Yeah, did you did you like Quantum Break? Uh, I did. Yeah, I found it's like I feel like the live action stuff was it could be pretty hit or miss. Um, like as much as I love a good long cutscene, like it felt like I was being forced to watch a TV show, um, like between plays, like between chunks of gameplay, basically. And I think that it was fairly optional, and you could choose to watch that stuff like whenever you wanted or whatever. But just be based on when the time when they would fit in the timeline of the show, I feel like you kind of had to watch it as you were playing along, which I didn't always want to do. Like sometimes I just wanted to yeah. play a game type thing, and so that was like like I really liked the idea of that. <laughs> excuse me i really like the idea of that i feel like in 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 practice or in execution i didn't like it quite as much depending on how i was feeling at the time there was times i was super into it as well but um i mean it doesn't look like they're taking that route this time i wish they would just make an alan wake sequel but that's never going to happen so yeah and if it were to happen it'd probably be on xbox i feel like they own it right do they own alan wake i don't know uh i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure let's consult Mm. the book of knowledge but yeah but one way one way or another like I'm 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 a big fan of Remedy but like Quantum Break kind of soured me a little bit just cuz not even as much as the TV show part of it but the actual like going from Alan Wake to Quantum Break it was like and even if you even Max Payne if you go back further and like Quantum Break itself if you took away the TV show aspects the game was like there was very little game to it I felt like I think it what didn't it end up being it was only like 3 or 4 hours long I think like once I think it was a bit longer than that, but not. It wasn't a long game. Yeah, like I've I remember finishing it pretty quick, and that was yeah. that was like on hard difficulty and all that. So, mm-hmm. like okay. I was I expecting was a-, a lot more out of it than we got. So I'm hoping that they kind of deliver a little bit better on this one. Yeah, I thought I thought that was never mind. Never mind. Never mind. No, what happened? What were you thinking? <laughs> no, like Alan Wake was set up like a TV show, right? Yeah, like in between episodes, like in between chapters and stuff, it would be like previously on Alan Wake. No, 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 no. Gotcha. I thought they did that with Alone in the Dark, that shitty one from the 360. <laughs> no, I, I, I so. would have had to play it to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, and then there was the reveal of the Resident Evil 2 remake, which looked pretty freaking gorgeous. I have never played Resident Evil 2, so I'm definitely looking forward to playing this. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't know if I like the like how Leon looks in this one. Like his face just seems a little bit not Leon Kennedy to me. Okay. Um. So I, I it's gonna. I'm gonna have to get used to it. But has there been like a render of him in like a game of this caliber though? Like like what was the last game he was Resident in? Evil Six. Six. And the okay. And the, All right. Well, it's not that old. And All and right. the movies that came out around Resident Evil Six. <clears throat> oh, like the ant, like the 
the animated ones? Yeah. Um, okay, I see. But even even still, like he has a pretty like soft jawline, and this one he mm-hmm. looks he looks like the dude from that fucking um, that Watchmen game that we were just talking about like twenty minutes ago that I forgot about. <laughs> Remember when originally in Resident Evil Two he looked exactly like um, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, that was kind of like a thing. Do you remember how at the end of Resident Evil 2 you could play as a block of tofu? Yeah. He only had a knife. Guys, you just... Spoilers, guys. <laughs> Jesus. And that tofu's name? Darth Maul. Uh, anyways, it comes out soon, too, which is... I feel like one trend this E3 that I feel like feels different than previous years, but I feel like we've never seen so many games announced or, or shown off that come out, like, this year. Yeah. Like, I feel like usually everything is so much further out. But I feel like there's so much, there's so many games that are coming out this year or like in January or February type thing. Like the amount of stuff that's way, way, way out is so much less than it used to be, I feel like. So we were, far away. Were we talking about on the last show where I was saying I feel like sometimes they're just going for the instant reaction and not so much about the, not so much for like an actual representation of what they're going to be releasing? Or was I talking mm-hmm. about that in private with somebody else? Uh, I don't recall that from the episode. Yeah, because so. I, I was... I was in a conversation about like Shenmue and Final Fantasy seven and which was inexplicably completely absent from this year's E3. We saw nothing Final <laughs> Fantasy seven related. And I was like, maybe it's canceled. We yeah. Know. And I was like, remember like, th- what was it? Two or three years ago when that game was first announced and Shenmue three was first announced and everyone is like, you know, the PlayStation four is like going to be the best console ever. This is so amazing. And, like, everyone's so excited, and now, like, it's three years later. Shenmue 3 is also nowhere to be found, even though it's supposedly coming out next year. Final Fantasy VII, at this rate, is not even going to make the PS4 lifespan. And, like, Kingdom Hearts has been pushed back for, like, like repeatedly over and over and over again. And it's like... Yep. It got pushed back two console generations. Yeah, so it's like... That's one thing that's really frustrating about E3 a lot of times, and that's why I'm glad, to your point, that you're talking about how a lot of the games that they're announcing are going to be releasing within the next year. Like, it's really, really frustrating to sit through a E3 presentation knowing full well that the game's not anywhere near complete and they're just doing it to, like, generate hype and to kind of pop the crowd or whatever. But it, in reality, this game might not even come out on the system. It might not come out at all. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think a lot of people are, are realized, like, hey when they announced Fallout 4, they're like, it's out this November, and everyone like lost their shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that because that felt super different at that time. Yeah. Like, for them to, like, like because they announced it, we're like, we're showing it in a couple weeks at E3, and then, boom, it's out six months from now. Like, that was a big deal for that game. Mm. And now it seems like everyone, like, now it seems like everyone's, like, like that that felt like the norm this year is like it's out this holiday season or it's out in January or whatever, but it's out yeah. soon. And even for, yeah, even for huge like 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 I, like I said, aside from Last of Us, the biggest reaction and maybe even a bigger reaction because it was a surprise. We didn't know for sure that it was happening, but but people freaked out at this Resident Evil Two remake. The crowd, um, the crowd that, was so like. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd at the thing freaked out. The crowd in the theater, I was in, freaked out like more than anything else. And that's for a game that that hadn't been announced to this point and is out six months from so, now. Like that's unbelievable. So it had been announced, um, in a really. I don't. I think it had been rumored. I don't think it had actually been. So announced. there was there was a guy that was working on a Resident Evil Two like HD remake in the Unreal Engine. 
and Capcom gave him their like official blessing and then eventually like hired him at some point. Um and then um he like the project went dark. Okay. So I believe the project went dark. Yeah, so the writing was but kind of on the wall. They were like, yo, this is cool, like work for us. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like what happened with Rocket and Daisy. But like or with like how Metroid Two had that remake shut down and then they came out with their own like a year later. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Resident Evil 2 I thought was one of the huge surprises because I feel like it had been rumored for so long people kind of forgot it was a rumor. So that let people kind yep. of still yep. be surprised. Or they were expecting like another like an HD edition like we got with Zero and with right, the first yeah. game. And yeah, looking at it, it actually looks like it's kind of borrowing from Resident Evil 6's playstyle a little bit, which isn't inherently a um, bad thing, but Resident Evil 6 let's, is also let's be real. that well-received. Let- Let's be real. It's Resident Evil 4's play style. Okay. No, no, no. Resident Evil, Resident Evil 6 made things so much worse. Oh, yeah. did it? But, <laughs> oh, but, Resi- it. but Resident Evil 6 also had zombies in it for the first time in, like, years at that point. So uh, it makes sense that they would go to, like, a Resident Evil 6 style since that was built around zombies, too. But mm. hopefully they'll learn from mm-hmm. some of the really weird, dis- like, uh, gameplay decisions they made in 6, like... Being like, if you got knocked down on a slope, you'll just slide infinitely until you even out, and just like stuff like that. There was just like all kinds of like really weird stuff. And forced co-op was another thing that kind of sucked in six. Which I, mm. if this is a faithful remake, that's not going to happen this time around. <laughs> but we'll see. It's ex- it's exciting to be able to play it again. We'll see. That was like my first Resident yeah. Evil game, so yeah, I have a lot of for the uh, first time a lot of fond memories of mm-hmm. getting my throat ripped out and that kind of stuff back when it was still shocking <laughs> and it wasn't every other game. Ah, oh, when that dude's throat got ripped out in the ninja g- in the samurai game, that mm. was pretty shocking. Yeah, so that was pretty crazy. Uh, anyways, we also saw. I thought Shane would be super into this one, but from Squanch Games and the creator of Rick and Morty, it's a platformer that's called Trover Saves the Universe. It looked fucking hilarious. It's got it's got VR mode, so I'm definitely into that. Uh, cool. It's it's, it's yeah. good to know that there's going to be trash on all platforms. <laughs> uh kingdom hearts 3 i don't think we really need to talk about um aside from the fact that sony after playing the basically mostly footage we already saw uh they also played another tiny trailer that was just telling you that the only place you could get all the kingdom hearts games and was I... ps4 so basically confirming that that collection that's out on ps4 is yeah and can we talk Xbox about one. that a little bit more again because we were talking about that on the xbox conference that it was weird that None of the HD ports have ever been on Xbox, even though Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming to Xbox. Right. And, like, mm-hmm. if you've only been an Xbox owner, you're going to be expected to buy Kingdom Hearts 3 and having no <laughs> access to any of the other games. And this was, like, yeah, a perfect exactly. opportunity to kind of rectify that. And instead, they decided to come up with one more collection of games, and it's exclusive to PS4 again. Like, what sense does that make? Like, I know... I know Square Enix's <laughs> most hardcore fans are perfectly fine with buying the same game like five times, which Kingdom Hearts has proven that already because I know so many people who like legitimately get excited and hyped for the idea to like buy 2.5 again on PS4 instead of PS3, even though it just came out like six months prior on PS3. So I know people do yeah. that, but it's so weird. Like it, it makes no sense. I don't know if like if either of you could explain this to me, how it's like we're going <laughs> to. It doesn't make sense. And especially like, just, especially, especially like trying to sell this again to like, P- you know, a lot of PS4 owners will have already played those games. 
Whereas if you own an Xbox One, there's a good chance you've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. And so to try to reach that, like to try to put that into the biggest market, um, like why would you not release it on that console? And for instance, releasing that collection on that console, how many people are super interested in playing Kingdom Hearts because it looks amazing? How many people are interested in that that haven't had the opportunity? And how many people on the Xbox, like that are only on the Xbox platform, are going to ignore Kingdom Hearts three because it's got a fucking three on it, and they never were able to play one or two or Birth by Sleep? There's like three. There's really like three or four story related games that they're missing out on, and they've been re released. They've been released on the PS2. They've been re released on the PS3. They've been re released on the PS4, and now we got to re re release them for PS4, Jeez. and they yeah. put none of them on Xbox. It makes no sense. And the worst part yeah. about it is that when it sells like shit on Xbox, they're going to shrug their sh- the executives at Square <laughs> Enix are going to shrug their shoulders and be like, well, I guess there's no audience for RPGs on the Xbox. Yeah, and, oh, 100%. And, and instead of like looking in the mirror and realizing they're a bunch of dumbasses with this horrendous yeah. like strategy as far as trying to get the series on this console, like totally. you might as well just cancel it on Xbox. Because you're like- already telling everybody you need to have a PlayStation 4 to even experience the damn thing properly. I feel like it's the same same concept as like the people that um will buy um virtual console games on you know on the the Wii then the Wii U and then the Switch and then buy the super um um super super Nintendo mini and like all that the other classic. Stuff. yeah I guess a slight difference though is that those virtual console games are like way cheaper like each one of these like 40 to 60 dollars every time mm. Yo, do you get a pair? Do you That's get a true. pair of those uh, Sonic shoes? No. Oh, they're so cool those looking look though. Dope. You get that's 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 on top. Yeah, you should get a pair for me. <laughs> I don't. I bet those didn't sell out right away. Yeah. I didn't even know about them until like the end of the day. Oh. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, Death Stranding. Oh God. Okay. Hello. Yes, please. Shane's here, guys. Shane's Day away. one download pre-order bonus special edition extra large right here. Please. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Amazon.com. Uh, are you talking about Death Stranding? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty insane, I think. I feel like this is one of the, like Josh was talking about how it's hard to get hyped up for some of these games that just are trailer after trailer after trailer with no, like, Context. nothing solid. And I feel like this is that game. Like, for me, like, I am going to play the shit out of this game. I'm going to love the shit out of this game. Like, like the, just everyone that's collaborating on this game is so brilliant. But I feel like the trailers are just super convoluted. And they just leave more questions than they give you answers. And, I mean, it's teasing the shit out of the game. But I feel like how long has it been teasing us for at this point without really anything solid? And, like, like for instance, this gameplay trailer quote unquote where it's just norman reed is walking for a bit like that is the gameplay that we've seen at this point um i don't know i don't know i i was not super like i'm stoked on the game i'm not stoked on that this path that they're leading us down right now where where we do we haven't seen anything we haven't learned anything we don't have a release date the only gameplay we've seen has been norman reed is walking in a few different environments like um i don't know i don't know i'm i no, I was Go just going to say, it's this kind uh, of stuff where I feel like it's, I know why Konami dropped him. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, <laughs> like, I'd like the to introduce rem- you to Hideo Kojima. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like, like the Metal Gear trailers were always way more like succinct and, and they made way more sense than What this. are you talking about? Resident Evil 5? 
Or Metal Gear Solid Five had. What are we talking about, Resident <laughs> Evil Four? Metal Gear Metal Gear Evil Five had giant flaming whales flying through the sky. Okay, don't talk about succinct with when it comes to Kojima because people are still deconstructing his stuff. But it, but yeah, at least, I don't really at, count least Metal Gear 5, at least Metal though. Gear Solid Five, we knew what it was about after three years of trailers. Like we're we're in year three of Death Stranding trailers and know and about it, as much as we did fifth, when it first debuted. Yeah. And with Metal Gear, like, 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 I feel like when you're in a series where we've come to expect something, you can afford to be a bit more mysterious. But in terms of like the hype, right? Had this this game doesn't have his name on it. This game doesn't have Norman Reedus's name on it. Nobody gives a shit. Like at this point, I feel like people are they people only care because of the names attached to it. The the stuff that they've shown us looks interesting, but they have not given us enough to hold on to that it would be interesting without those yeah. I feel I, I feel like you're, uh, not, not to get like too aggressive, but I'm a really, I want to get really aggressive. It, it, it's it, the same thing of like, I mean, just to take Guillermo del Toro, for example, if, if it, you take his name off of any project, the, the last two or three projects he's ever done, and there would be like nowhere near the hype. What was, what was that, what was that movie about like the, the uh, like the haunted house that came out a few years ago? Uh, Crimson, Crimson Peak. Peak, yeah, that the hype around that was because it's Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. I feel like that movie actually didn't have very Guillermo much del Toro hype movies don't actually have that much hype around them. Usually, I thought like it's like they do in like an it's, indie. It's way. Usually, like after they come out, that it built gets built up. I think um, aside from like his like cult of fans that follow. Maybe it was just. But I get what I do get what you're saying. But I just feel like like. I don't know. I just wish there was like, what do we have yeah. to hold on to, and that, to this game? With this and that game touches on a point, point I wanted to make that like Megan and I, we get into, we, well, I think after this, the way Death Stranding's played out, it's not really an argument anymore, but back in the Metal Gear days, I, we used to get into arguments because towards the end, like, man, it's sad that we have to say back in the Metal yeah, Gear days. That's really, yeah, it really is. And rip. But like around Metal Gear four onwards, I was like, I was really kind of down on Kojima's work because I was like, he seems to really just be more interested in making movies and games. And I think he even said as much in an interview like forever ago. And like the last straw for me was the whole David Hayter controversy where he was replaced and it ended up coming out that it was a Kojima decision and not a Konami decision because at first everyone was blaming Konami. And it came out Mm -hmm. that his Japanese voice actor stayed the same in Metal Gear 5. But he okay. replaced David Hayter, and he kind of didn't warn him ahead of time. He just kind of, I think David Hayter like found out at the last second, or he found out when it was announced that Kiefer Sutherland was in it. And yeah, he was Twitter. Yeah, based. and I remember how shitty that was, and it was like it just really feel felt like Kojima was just obsessed with making Metal Gear a movie and not a game. And he, part of that was getting right. rid of David Hayter's in favor of Kiefer Sutherland. And then I'm watching Death Stranding's development, and it's like attaching Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus, which is understandable because that Mad, was... T- M- Mad Mickelson, Lindsay Wagner. Wagner yeah, because... Wagner or Wagner? Like, because the first two with um, Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro, at least there was already a connection because of Silent Hills. But then now, like, you know, with this right. n- newest trailer and, like, the m- details that have been coming out over the last few days, it's like all these other actors are tied to it. And at this point, I'm like, he's just literally trying to make this into a movie. Like, he's trying to get this, like, movie obsession out of his system and I don't even know. I'm not even really expecting much of a game at all at this point. Like Metal Gear 4 already <laughs> was like more cutscene than game. And the way that this is playing out with Death Stranding, where we're again, where this is our 33 in a row, where it's nothing but a vague trailer. We know nothing about it, except that all these big famous Hollywood people are in it. It's like. 
so so I would like to defend Kojima for for just a brief moment. Um, there's there's kind of this, uh, I guess, like disparaging nature against trailers, and I'm specifically going to movies. But like, man, that trailer gave away the whole movie. I know what's going to happen. Um, and and the the little breadcrumbs that were being given with Death Stranding are they're not spelling it out. They're not saying like. You know, it's not a Call of Duty trailer where it's like bad guy versus good guy, and here's pretty much where everything's going to happen, and you might get a twist at the end, but who knows who cares? It's <laughs> we're being spoon fed all these like little like first we got the teaser trailer, and then like the teaser image, and then the movie poster, and like all these like little like just little portions of the gameplay, and I think I don't think it's a negative thing in this context. And if we go back to the very first Assassin's Creed game. They there was no mention of the animus at all until like a week before somebody. Well, and that was the worst fucking part of the. Game. Well, no, 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 no. Like, like it, it, there was no mention of the animus or like that whole like other side of the story. Um, until like a week before the game came out, someone, a reviewer, leaked like, "Hey, you start playing this game, and then you die, and then there's this whole sci-fi like back narrative that Ubisoft completely kept under wraps." And if I had experienced that organically, I would have been blown away. I'd been like, whoa, so cool. Like, that'd be such an amazing twist. Um, and, I, and I think by not just spelling it out, like, there's still a lot of ambiguity. Like, you were thrust into a conversation uh, with Omar Reedus's and Leia Sado's character, um, uh, talking, just, just, you know, dealing with, like, these specter monsters that are invisible. Like, there's all this ambiguity that's like, hey, I would love to, this is a situation where like, it's like a Blade Runner 2049 situation for me. I'm not going to consume any more media for this. After seeing this, this trailer yesterday, I'm like sold. I'm down. I want the ambiguity. I want to like hop in and just experience it and discover the, like the mystery yeah, on my own. But, and I, I feel like that's fair. I feel like I just wish that. And I also like, I, especially a project like this, I feel like I don't want to know a lot about it, but I feel like like something that's a little bit more put together than what we've seen so far, just to give you an idea of potentially what it's about or what the characters' motivations are or whatever, yeah. I feel like at this point would be important. And that said, I that said I pre-ordered this game two years ago, so they can do whatever the fuck they want now. Like they already have their like like that Amazon order is just sitting there waiting for the game to finally get a release date in seven years or whenever it's gonna happen. But I mean it's and I say, I say, I say, a lot of people are only interested in it right now because of the names attached to it. But and I mean, as soon as the pre-orders went live, I pre-ordered yeah. it because of the names attached to it. Because of the game, I know the games that they make that that Kojima makes and and have loved them up to and probably not really including Metal Gear Solid Five, but every other one. Um, Dude, I I uh, I mean, I love the ending of Metal Gear Solid Five. I didn't get that far. I got to like, what's where's the second place you go? Like the second North map? Africa. I, so I got there, and then I like I feel like it's the like mechanically it's the perfect Metal Gear Solid game, but like I just feel like it's almost devoid of story. Can I can I can I tell you the ending <laughs> someday? No, don't. I'm gonna play you're it one never, day. You're never gonna play it, and the ending was yeah. One so, day I will. The ending was so cool to me. As soon as I get through my backlog, I'm gonna play it. No, you're not. You're never gonna do it. But um, but I think um, you mentioned like hey, there's there's like what's this character's motivation? Like what's this setting? If if I watched the trailer like two or three times and I, I, I feel like there was enough in there that you could piece it together. 
um, that the the babies that they carry in tanks on them are probably clones of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then when they get when you get killed by the void beings, the entities, they seem to speed up time. So when they're like walking through, well, the- and that was the what the rain did as well. Is the rain will rapidly age you? Yeah. So um, that you know, there's probably a, it has to do with the fact that like the baby's probably a clone. And when you like hook it up and like turn it on and like like he plugged it into his suit, the little baby canister, he like <laughs> little baby canister, <laughs> little baby canister. When he plugged that into a suit, so like when he dies, he probably gets like rapidly aged, but then the the baby grows up and gets spit out, um, and then like since he was plugged into the suit, or maybe it's a clone and memories transfer, something like that. So that's how like the respawn system worked out. Um, he's a you know, a delivery man um, carrying stuff, probably trying to get money for the the family that was in that picture that he was holding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, um, I feel like I assume that that was his family and that they were dead or something like that. You know, maybe. Um, there's, if you look at the 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 Leah Sado's character, they um, he has like on his suit it says Porter and then like a company name, and then she has like a different company name on here on her. So there could be like, you know, it could be like a syndicate um, style universe where there's all these corporations competing for like resources and stuff and like going out into the, you know, the, the badlands ostensibly. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, there was a good theory put out there somewhere that there's a part where he's carrying obviously like a, a body and that could be yeah, like right. you have to carry your body back to like a respawn point. Uh, like if you die, there might be some sort of like dark souls mechanic where you have to go retrieve your corpse and then like bring it back or something hmm. so i i the the little the little the little nuggets of of facts uh, that are nuggets of truth nuggets of info i'm i'm completely satiated with it i i like the ambiguity i like the the weird sci-fi fantasy universe um what was um what was that movie that came out like a couple months ago where everyone goes into that like Area X was it annihilation? No, it wasn't annihilation. What was it? Yeah, annihilation. Yeah, yeah. like I, I'm I, the shimmer or whatever. Yeah, I really need to see that movie because that totally like was right up my alley. So. Yeah, and then and I just yeah. wanted to say too, like the narrative's one. Th- I'm off my soapbox. No, but I'm like, off my soapbox. The, the narrative's lesbians. one thing, and of course, I don't want you to give away too much of the story, especially if it's a story-driven game. But I'm talking more about what should be the main point is the gameplay because it's a video game conference about video about talking about video games on a podcast about video games so i'm like it's three it's been three (laughs) years and i think teasers are fine but like three years in like this is a little much but aside from the story and all that it's three years and we don't even know what the game's like we don't even know what genre it is really like we don't know how it plays in the slightest like that to me at least is completely unacceptable uh this far into it it's 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 gonna it's gonna play just like the last ten Metal Gear Solid games, obviously, because that's the only. But every Metal Gear Solid is played different for the most part. It was crouching. What about that game where you're a vampire and you gotta bring your 3ds and or your your Game Boy Advance <laughs> into the guy. sun? I mean, yeah, was the one, one version. Um, but I mean, obviously he was crawling around. There's there's that mechanic where your suit can like uncover the the things and there's stealth in it and it's Metal Gear Solid but but with you know flying like it, void monsters it could just be a walking yeah, it could be Pokemon Go we know. I mean with I, fetuses I mean, abortion I, Go I, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, oh man. Okay. All right. What time? That's all right. All right. Speaking of time, we should expedite. So yeah. So I mean, that was outside outside of that. Probably the next we touched on Neo a little bit, which there wasn't really a whole lot to say. The only other big thing after Death Stranding was probably Spider Man, which is what they closed with, which is kind of surprising. I would have been expecting maybe either a big surprise like Final Fantasy VII or if they wouldn't have opened with Last of Us, I would have assumed they were going to close with it. But uh, what were any quick impressions on Spider-Man before we move on? That's interesting. Yeah, like I feel like to open with, like did they open with Last of Us to fit it into this like interesting presentation that they were doing with these alternate rooms or what? Because I feel like The Last of Us was by far the most impressive thing they showed off. So why not close with that? Like, And I, I don't think, like I think pretty much everyone thought that like The Last of Us was like the probably the most amazing looking thing i saw at e3 in general this year um so why not close with that but spider-man looks uh, spider-man looks unreal spider-man looks dope they showed off a bunch of new villains we saw electro we saw rhino we saw scorpion we saw vulture we saw mysterio like, cutscenes of him uh no I thought mysterio was gonna be like the in the movie main bad guy in this game in the next movie oh gotcha um so we but yeah we saw cutscenes of him fighting them all but it kind of showed us a little bit more of why the city is kind of in a state that it's in um they showed off some web slinging which looks smooth as fuck uh and uh the, the the game looks like super smooth and super slick um they showed off a bunch of gameplay in the like follow-up show afterwards they had a couple of people playing it. it looks like a lot of fun um I mean, at this point, at this point, I think we've seen so much of this game that aside from the reveal of the villains and uh, and a little bit of the story being revealed during this presentation, like there wasn't a lot new there. Um, so it was it was an interesting choice to close it out. Um, I can't wait to play it, though. It's been I mean, it's been a lot of years since we had a good Spider-Man game. Um, I still bought all of the other ones hoping that it would be good and and they weren't really but mm. this one looks like it's gonna yeah be and like awesome. for me it kind of had the opposite effect like it having so little new content and in the trailer and we're so close to release at this point i kind of feel like pretty much what we've seen is what we're mostly going to expect from it so i'm like i'm mm. still excited but no like it won't be like it like it won't be very varied. not necessarily think. it's just that I don't feel like the game has any other surprises left outside of what they've shown us. Or if there are, it's right. like not going to be anything major or like central to the game. So it wasn't like, so it's like I was going into it expecting like some new reveals, some new moves, maybe some like new um, interactions to kind of give an idea of what the story is going to be like or something or any kind of hint of it like that. It was interesting because Sony's booth actually has a big billboard that says like Osborne for mayor, I think. So yeah, so I'm sure that's going to play into it. But um, yeah, I guess I was just expecting a little bit more. Like what you said, pretty much echoing what you said, where the gameplay content wasn't really anything new, but they did show off the new villains. And again, <laughs> like, I'm still waiting for my Spider-Gwen announcement. Like, that's an <laughs> absolute must. Or you'll boycott. Yeah, or I'll, or I'll boycott. Or girl mm. cut in this case. <laughs> that sounds... A girl caught? What, what's I your, don't think. It, I mean, you said tasteful. They're tasteful lesbians earlier, so I don't think that you have to worry about Josh being offensive this episode. Fair enough. I Fair feel enough. like even his uh, n-word drop was less offensive than. Uh, did you see, did you see his his tan? Uh, no. Where is it? I sent you a text. Oh, my phone's dead. Right oh, now. okay. Yeah. Um. So 
uh, from software put out of that VR Deracine trailer. I'm very intrigued by that. I mean, I just like pretty much any VR game, so <laughs> I'm in. It didn't really show anything, and I don't really know what's going on, but it's a VR game, so I'll buy it. I'm looking forward. I got a PS4 Pro, so I'm looking forward to seeing how the, P- the PSVR looks uh, in that in comparison to the standard PS4 system. Did you guys talk about Devil May Cry 5? On the Xbox conference, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm still... I, I want another DMC game. Yeah, me too, but it, it's dead. It's... it's it's it, it, it was so... They they like nailed the mark like so like it was a fucking bullseye with DMC as opposed to Devil May Cry. The character wasn't just just mm, masterpiece masterpiece. Uh. <laughs> DMC was a superior superior game, and I I I got I want another one. The first one was good. Yeah, we'll have the memories. It looked it like this. Like I have it. On, I have the HD version. I'll play it again. At least you got that game. I'm not like Silent Hills. Hey. Man, I like that's the only reason why I'm not upgrading my PlayStation. You could transfer it. I, I can. Yeah, if you like, you can system transfer directly t- from an old system to a new one. So oh. I got my PS4 Pro, transferred everything, and then sold my old PS4. Um, but everything is there from the game installs to my saves and everything like that. So even even PT, PT yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, do you think I could get a lot of money for my Destiny 1 white special edition? Nope. Probably <laughs> less than a blank black one. <laughs> uh, we should go through Nintendo quickly. Um, we we said we were going to be quick and we're longer than the last episode. Yeah. Right? Story uh, of my as, life. Yeah. As is Geekscape Games. Um, I watched through it. I I'm, I I don't know. I wasn't... I'm not a big Smash guy, so I, I understand that it's some pretty huge announcements there, but I think you, Josh, would be the best to take I, it over. I'm a huge I, Smash guy, and I would not agree that there were some pretty big announcements. <laughs> I feel like it was kind of... Uh, it was really cool to see that everybody is coming back who's ever been in the game, so there's no cuts. Including David Hayter. Including David Hayter. Yeah. There's more than Kojima ever gave him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um... Uh, Solid Snake, Pichu of all characters. Like, as soon as I saw Pichu, I was like, all right, everyone's in. Like, <laughs> there's nobody getting <laughs> cut. Pichu's in, everyone's in. Actually, that's not true. When I saw Cloud, I was like, like, Cloud was the one that I was really like, oh, I would be, I would not be surprised at all if he was cut because he wasn't even on the main roster. He was a DLC character. He has very little, if anything, to do with Nintendo because Final Fantasy VII was never on a Nintendo system. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw Cloud, I was like, "All right, everyone's in." And then, but I completely forgot Pichu existed until I saw him pop up. And then when Same. I saw Pichu, I was like, "All right, now everyone's in." Yeah, uh, when they're like, "Yes, Snake is back," I was like, "Okay." Like Snake was Snake was my main on Brawl. Mm-hmm. It was lit, fam. And I feel like I feel like there's going to be more. Um, they're going to be announcing more characters as we get closer to. A December release date. Yeah, but the thing was, they did make sure to point out that they were not to expect too many new characters this time because their focus <laughs> yeah, is on like, getting everybody else in. Yeah, something like we hope you're happy that we're putting everyone in, and that like you realize how big of a job this is, and that you won't see too many new guys. And then they ended with Ridley, mm-hmm. which like is... seriously the char- the character that they've been asking people have been asking for since Melee. Yeah, and it's funny too because then. You know, Ridley's a big get, and at this point, there's not much left they could do with the roster, but I saw a lot of people saying, oh, well, now, like, everyone should be happy, because we even got Daisy as a new character, even though oh, she's going to be I, part of Peach, really. I, I, I audibly 
went, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that? Yeah. No, I did. Like, Daisy's, Daisy's, like, Daisy was my favorite princess until Rosalina showed up. Hmm. Uh, I, I, th- I feel like it's interesting seeing, like, why is Bomberman a support trophy or whatever and not a real Because he only throws bombs. I mean, is there's other characters. Like, Pikachu just does lightning. No, he has double kick. He has quick attack. He has extreme speed. He could learn <laughs> Bomberman Grass got, Knot. Bomberman gets rollerblades. Bomberman's got poison that does random effects. Bomberman throws bombs. Bomberman throws multiple bombs. Do you remember, Bomberman you can kick Bomberman, the bombs. Like, Bomberman there's racer? so many options for Bomberman. Bomberman races in carts. No, they like, race on the back of, like, animals. Bomberman can hop up on stuff, like, in some instances. Like, that's a lot of powers. I feel like he could be a main character. N- well, Bomberman fantasy race. Apparently, Nintendo didn't agree, unfortunately. Although the rumor is that Simon... I just feel like Bomberman's so I cute. think the rumor is that Simon Belmont's getting in. And so they were probably trying to keep the third-party characters down to just, like, one or two. Mm. Dude, yeah, like... that makes sense. I, I, I don't know. I'm not really, like, up with uh, leaks, like, rumors. That's the word I was thinking of. Um, anyway. That's it. No, but, um, but yeah, like, the big takeaway, of, like we mentioned, is that um, Ridley was added to the roster and everybody else is coming back. There was a lot of really small tweaks to the game. And a lot of the final smashes, like any kind of transformation based final smash has been cut. And now all of them are just like one big, like strong attack, yeah. which I think works better in the long run. Um, yeah. Like there's a, there's a lot to go over and we're already little running long on time. So I'm not going to spend too much time going over every little detail as far as smash brothers is concerned, but I dude, uh-huh. sorry, go ahead. Go oh no. Ahead. Uh, okay. What were you going to say? I was going to say like, no, I was gonna say that I was gonna move on to a different title. Oh no! Anything else we want to say about? Smash? Yeah, I was just gonna say that, like the inkling, the way that the inkling plays looks really, really cool. I don't know if you guys saw it at all, but it's like, yeah, it when did you look cool, yeah, you have to like charge up your ink. And yeah, stuff. and when you ink the opponent more, they take more damage. If you ink the floor, they move slower and you move faster. It's pretty much like they found a way to like squeeze in all of the Splatoon mechanics into a fighting game. And then not just that, but there's a lot of really interesting like quality of life changes to the game in terms of like i think the thing that surprised me the most is that the characters take more damage if it's a one-on-one situation to try to make the fights go by faster that way mm. and i feel like which i think that's very like esports centric yeah and i think too it helps too because it adds like a little bit more tension to the fight like usually with smash brothers even if you're getting your ass kicked you can usually like hang in there because the end goal isn't necessarily to do the most damage it's to like knock the opponent away and then the more damage they have, the further they fly. But when you're down to that one-on-one situation, like any mistake could lead to like to like huge damage to make you fall off like way faster than you would have before. Like that's a lot of damage. Yeah, so it's it the, it's really cool the amount of detail they're putting into it. And then there's also a lot of like little things like uh, like for example, Ike in Fire Emblem, he has both of his appearances from his first and second games, and depending on which costume you pick, his voice is slightly different. And he'll say slightly different things. Or how, like, Ryu, if you're fighting one-on-one and Ryu's in the match, he, he'll automatically face his opponent no matter which direction he's moving, like if he's actually in Street Fighter. Mm. It's like a lot of, a lot no, of really cool. little things like that that kind of show how much attention he, to detail they're a, putting into a, it. He, he has a bunch of directional combos, right? Yeah, and that was a thing they said that they were trying to get 
because in the other game, if you in the Wii U version, if you use the directional commands, like if it was actually Street Fighter, it would do more damage than if you just push the single buttons. But yeah. since he would like turn around if you pushed back instead of staying forward facing, it would like throw off the command. So yeah. part of the reason they're doing it this way is to prevent that. But it's like it's really cool. And like, I really appreciate all the attention and detail and everything. But the reason why in the beginning I said I'm a little disappointed is this feels less like a full sequel and more like a greatest hits kind of game. Mm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like King of Fighters, I think most people agree, uh, feel that King of Fighters 1998 was the best one. And that was the only one, that was the first one that didn't have a story. And it just brought back every cut character from previous games. And it was just kind of like a dream match. They treat it like a dream match game. And I kind of feel like this is what this is. So in one hand, I'm excited because of that. But on the other hand, it doesn't feel like a full sequel either. And the fact that Nintendo dedicated like 75% of their conference to to it, it didn't really feel like yeah, a lot of, lot. there was like a lot of room left over for anything else, especially because we heard nothing about Metroid Prime 4, which is really surprising to me, mm-hmm. which got announced last year. They're, 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 they're going ha- to have a series of directs that's going to be, they're going to have a Metroid Prime direct coming up soon. Yeah, that's that. true. Because one thing that Nintendo does that the others, that the other big companies don't is they pretty much have conferences throughout the year. Like E3 is not their big yeah. one. Yeah, that's true. Um, I thought the Damon Cross Machina game that oh, looked pretty cool. That like it's it's a, a successor to the old Armored Core games, which I loved Armored Core, which is super dope, like, like a PlayStation One era, yeah, PS Two era. I really like, liked Armored Core Two, I think. Yeah, um, they tried to like bring it back with Chrome Hounds, but Chrome Hounds was Garbo, so. I think that's really cool. They straight garbage. They announced they announced Fortnite, and then it's out now. And I actually got to play it a little bit with our old Geekscape host Lee. Um, uh, yeah, Fortnite on this. I feel like that's pretty cool because it. I mean, it's like a portable version, but with real controls, and so that's super neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unless you're playing on like, of course, it's got all crossplay with Xbox and PC and mobile and everything like that just not ps4 there's some a little bit of controversy because it seems like excuse me i got the hiccups uh sony appears to be blocking um crossplay like not only blocking like obviously they're blocking crossplay because that's that like they're just not into that at this point but if you <laughs> jesus if your uh fortnite account was linked to your psn account it's you like cannot use it um with another platform and not just your Fortnite account, your entire Epic games account. So like, Oh really? Like Paragon, which is dead in the water. It doesn't exist anymore, but like, yeah. Um, like other, like other Epic games titles, like it's locked. Like you lock it out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that sucks. Um, cause especially like if you're like part of what I loved about when Fortnite came to mobile and stuff, not that I played a ton of it, but it's that, you know, I have a battle pass. I can play it on the go. I can play it on my Xbox. It's it's all my progress is going to sync. All my unlocks are going to sync. It's just the same game, and I'm playing it on X amount of platforms. And and like piece like PS4 just feels like the odd one out now. Yeah, it's weird. Um, oh. which is unfortunate. And you're seeing like like there's a lot of upper online over it. But like big big game industry people like I've I've seen tweets about how angry Greg Miller was about it, and he was talking about you know like like this is what this is just going to make people play Fortnite on the xbox instead like 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 if you have an xbox or you have a switch or you have a pc or you have a phone you can play with all of your friends unless those friends have a ps4 like 
it just doesn't make sense at this point. I did I did notice that there was an option to play like you could pick like I want to play with everyone on the same platform or I want to I mm-hmm. want to mix it up. And and I think I think by default it's the same platform. I think it's just that like it's once you start inviting people from mixed platforms that it'll open up or you can choose to have it open. Yeah. Um I did so I I've, I've only played uh Fortnite on the PlayStation or the PC. Yeah. There's hella aim assist on the console like oh, yeah. whoa <laughs> like my like i was shooting at somebody and like my character like whipped and locked onto him i was like ooh, this doesn't <laughs> this doesn't feel fair but i feel like it's got to be that aggressive if you're going to be mixing with um pc players when you were you were you playing in a mixed platform environment no, at that point too no no you weren't yeah. um but like uh jonathan downloaded on his switch has been playing a few rounds too yeah he texted me about it a bit earlier oh yeah he texted you back huh Quiznos. Uh I was really excited. Um so I feel like some of my best gaming memories are playing the older Mario Party games. So when I was in like junior high school, I had a friend that was and I think I'm sure I've told this story before, but I've had a friend that lived right by that right by the school. Every lunch hour we would go to his house and play like Mario Party six or seven on GameCube. But not Uh, before you had some Mr. Noodle. Right? Wow. I feel like you guys really care about me. It's really nice. Um, I feel like that lady did after she presented Beyond Good and Evil 2. Just really, just really nice. Um, we, I just remember we would take, like, whatever the longest turn amount was for Mario, that Mario Party game. I think it was like 50 turns or something. And we would just get through a few rounds each day, basically, and then save the progress and move on. And those were some of my gaming memories, best gaming memories we're playing. Just head into that house every day, playing that game every day, like just with some of my best high school friends. Um, I still enjoyed the last couple of Mario Party games. I think I reviewed the last one for Wii U, but they just the the mechanics really changed because it it I and I can't even remember it now, but it's like I feel like it was something where you're working together largely type thing, and it took a lot of the competitive aspect out of it. But this one is based on the old school Mario Party where. It's everyone for themselves. You're running around the boards, chasing the stars. Um, you know, mini games may or may not be cooperative based on based on what color of square you land on. But it's like the old style of Mario Party, which I liked playing the new one. But playing the new one, I just wish that I could play the old ones. And this one looks super cool. And there's even like w- there's cool modes where you can use multiple switches, and it kind of augments the mini games based on that. Um, Based on the trailer, there's a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of options for creative minigames because the Joy-Con can do so much. Um, and so they showed a, sh- a sh- they showed a few of those those options in there. I don't know. I feel like Mario Party's super fun. The last games were less fun. This one looks more fun. I, I never really that. understood why the last couple of Mario Party games are like cooperative board games, which makes like no sense. Well, and it was like pretty panned the first time. So you'd think that they would be like, oh, people don't like this. Let's move it back. But they had to try it like two more times first. and. And now they're finally going back, and that's super mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, yeah, Smash Brothers, well, even including Smash Brothers, the thing that got me the most excited was the Fire Emblem trailer. Like, I literally, like, sh- like as soon as I saw the map, like, <laughs> at the very beginning, before you, there was any indication of what it was, I, like, just, like, immediately, like, all right, this is Fire Emblem. It has to be. And it was, so that was fucking great. <laughs> like, the title's kind of stupid. Like, Fire Emblem, the three houses. It sounds so bland, but whatever. Apparently this time you're a, <laughs> like a military teacher and you're teaching the like the royals of three different kingdoms, which I'm sure will inevitably get into some kind of conflict. 
but it's, it looks really cool so far. They make the battles look a lot more inter- like more interesting by having like a small army follow the character you're attacking with to make it look like a full on war, which I thought was really cool. Mm. Uh, they have like a free roaming castle, like in the 3ds games, you could use your little sprite character to walk around and interact with the other sprites in your castle. And the most recent Fire Emblem game, you could like customize your castle and uh, do all these things to help get yourself either more items or other players' characters to come in and help you or to use your amiibo and that kind of stuff. Okay. Whereas this time it was like a full, uh, full-fledged full like 3D environment that they were exploring. So that was about as much as they showed. It looked a lot like the Wii and GameCube games, I thought, in terms of the presentation compared right. to like the 3DS and DS versions. And I feel like it's going to take a lot of... It's going to take a real good advantage of the Switch's improved power over the 3DS versions, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, They did confirm that, unfortunately, it is delayed from... Their initial announcement just said 2018 last year. Now it's going to be, I believe it was March 2019. So, yeah, so, like, right after we have enough time to recover from the holiday season, I'll be able to pick that up and add it to my Switch collection, so I'm pretty (laughs) excited. Plus, it looked like Tiki was at the end of the trailer, which was really interesting since she's like this reoccurring character who's kind of spans multiple generations. So we'll s- that'll kind of give us an idea of where this okay. falls in the timeline, assuming it falls in any related timeline at all. But yeah, that was that was about it. But I'm just really, really stoked for that. Uh, was there any other Nintendo stuff we wanted to talk uh, about? Just Pokemon. There was the Pokemon. Yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you? Yeah. That so down? well, we have a breakdown of their more of the more detailed presentation they did later on the treehouse, which is on up right now at geekscape.net. And thanks very much, Derek again for helping me get that posted. But we basically had a lot of our questions (laughs) answered as far as how the game's going to work. So, uh, leveling up is just going to be handled by catching Pokemon. When you catch a wild Pokemon, you just get your whole party gets a ton of experience points. Um, Mm. The Pokeball accessory that you can get with the game is going to come in a bundle with the game. They didn't mention whether or not... I'm sure it will be sold separately, but they didn't mention if or when or how much that's going to be if you buy it outside the bundle. But they did say that any Pokeball Pokeball Go Plus or whatever they're calling it, um, all of them are going to come packaged with a Mew um, in the ball already. So so when you link it to the game, you'll just automatically start with Mew. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm pissed that I cannot because I have I have an unlocked bootloader on my phone and like it it fails the Google like hey your phone isn't secure so you can't play Pokemon Go and I haven't played it in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the good thing though is that or the good thing for you like it sucks for most people, but uh, this game they keep reiterating repeatedly to the point where I think this is actually going to be the case in the final game that it's only going to have the original 150 Pokemon. So Go is kind of just like a bonus. They did say in the treehouse that the Pokemon you transfer from Go are going to be stronger than the ones you can catch in the regular game. But it's not like you can't find all of the Pokemon in the in the Switch versions without playing Pokemon Go. Like they should all still be there regardless. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take, you'll just have to do it the old fashioned way and find them yourself instead of just transferring them all from your phone. And then not just that, but they did mention, they did mention a few 
weird parts that are just kind of going to add more controversy to the way that people are treating these games. Uh, namely how it looked like you can't, and I didn't, I didn't catch this in the article I wrote, or, but, <laughs> uh, didn't catch this, huh? but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, apparently they don't even let you fight the gym leader unless you're walking into the gym with a Pokemon that's strong against the type that they're using. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I saw it on the stream that's and I kind shitty. of was, I was typing something, so I half heard what they said, but now pe- I saw people getting mad that it's like, the guy tells you that you can't go in without a grass type when you go to, or a water type when you fight the rock leader. So it's like, it's weird. It's like Pokemon already wasn't that hard, but it seems like they're just trying to make it as easy as possible to where it almost mm-hmm. feels autopilot. Well, they did say that 2019 there's going to be Gen 8, and that's going to be like a, a true next gen Akka hardcore like Pokemon title for the Switch is coming. Yeah. Out. So they, I'm not, I don't share the opinion that these so games this... are detrimental to the series or whatever because I, I recognize no. them. And we were talking about this on the last one of the last shows we did, but. Like to me, they're spinoffs. They're very clear that they're spinoffs. So if they want to try something more experimental, like have at it, have fun. Who cares? Like it's not going to take away from Gen Eight or whatever is coming out. So we'll we'll still have our main games, and they could have these spinoffs, and we'll we could either have fun totally. with them or we could just get angry for no reason, which I know people are really <laughs> good at. But and, and one more interesting thing too, they mentioned is that the Alolan forms are also going to be in the game. So they said that in addition to the 150 Pokemon, like any of them that have Alolan variants from Sun and Moon are also going to be transferable to this game from Go. So that was a pretty interesting That's point. That's pretty cool. But, oh, all, and also they're adding side quests that weren't in the originals. So like when you go into the towns, they said they're going to have a lot more to interact with. You're going to, if you talk to NPCs, they might give you jobs or quests and that kind of stuff, which weren't in the original games. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. There's just like a lot of small details that, we would need a whole separate podcast to go through in detail. But again, it's all in the article on Geekscape. Uh, make sure to check it out. They are adding a lot of content to make the game a lot more streamlined. And I think it's going to be pretty fun to play regardless of the criticism. I'm hype. Yep, I pre-ordered it. I canceled my pre-order so I could put a new pre-order on the Pokeball bundle. Yeah, I haven't seen that in Canada yet. But I'll I feel like the I feel like the Pokeball bundle is going to like run out like the yeah. split. That's why I made sure to get two immediately, as well as the new Amiibo. Well, they don't have pre-orders for the new Ridley and Daisy and uh, Ridley, Daisy and Inkling Amiibo they're coming out with for Smash. But I did get the Octoling triple pack. And as Nintendo usually does, they said that the Octoling expansion for Splatoon 2 is coming out tomorrow. So that's, yeah, so that's pretty cool, too. The Amiibo are... Yeah, we have no idea when the actual amiibo that go with it are coming out, but they said in the middle of Treehouse, oh, by the way, the Octo expansion's releasing tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's so pretty. that's cool. But yeah, that pretty much covered it. Like, Nintendo really just had a short sizzle reel of indie games. They showed the Fire Emblem trailer. They showed a really cool new trailer for the uh, Xenoblade, the uh, really big, like, Xenoblade 2 prequel <laughs> DLC that's coming out. And... Apparently, it's so big that they and they revealed in the, during the Treehouse also that they're going to sell it as a standalone physical copy as well as being able to download it as DLC for the main game. So mm-hmm. there was that, and then it opened with it opened with like Mario Party and then Pokemon. So that's pretty much all they they talked about. Like almost the entire thing was dedicated to Smash Brothers. I'm they had to show I, that trailer with every character mm-hmm. in it, right? And then they they numbered which Damon character, like they numbered Machina. when they debuted in which order, but then they showed them out of order. So 
Yeah. Yeah, that that fucked with my Yeah, so it was like number one, Mario, number four, Samus, number twenty, Snake, number two, Donkey Kong. I was like, what the fuck? Like this is such a weird way to do it. (laughs) Cool. But yeah, unless anyone had anything to add, I guess we could start wrapping it up. Yeah, I mean I would like to know you were at E3 today, so I would like to know what you saw and what you thought. I think the the only thing I'd like to know first is now that we've seen all the press conferences and talked about all the press conferences for several hours um what do you who do you think had the best conference and now why from and why was it ea with command and conquer <laughs> god Rise? i went to ea play the ea play event yesterday yeah and they were trying so hard to get people to play command and conquer and there was like nobody there i'm fucking they were like I there were longer lines for unravel 2 than there were for command and conquer and unravel 2 is actually out already so <laughs> wait Command and Conquer, what uh, is this? A mobile play-to-win Command and Conquer game. Oh, let's, live, let's, see, let's see Shane's live reactions. All right, I'm looking at it. Command and Conquer Rivals. That looks like a dude. Looks like you never a dude. know. Official reveal trailer. Um, oh, f- <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> this, this looks like the, like the... Oh, man. And the trailer... Oh, like two people standing on hills, like activate flame. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Get the shit out of here. Yeah, like go choke on some type. Oh, it's grid based! Oh no! (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, that's bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, but Yeah. Man, they they are just pissy on the corpse of Westwood. But like as far as who won E3, I feel like if we're talking about the big three, like Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, I honestly feel like Microsoft probably had the better presentation, mostly because it had the most games and the most surprises. But then I think it hurts their mm-hmm. conference that the majority of what they showed was also going to be on PlayStation. So it's not like if the goal right. is to get people excited about the Xbox brand, if anything, it just got me excited about the cool games I'll be able to play on PS4. Um, yeah. On the other yeah, hand, I felt like the PS4 conference was very oddly structured and that their best game was put on first and kind of left the rest of the conference to kind of just kind of fade over time. And I don't feel like they had a whole lot of new content to show. Like it was either stuff we, it was almost all either stuff we knew about, like with the exception of Resident Evil 2's remake, um, all the new stuff and then the new Sucker Punch game. Like most of the new stuff they showed, they either just kind of flashed it without really going into detail or it was stuff that wasn't too exciting. And then Spider-Man as we Right. Well, sucker, sucker punch is making yeah. the ghost. Of so I was saying, with Ushima. the exception of that game and like Resident Evil Two, there weren't any. Yeah, no worries. But that, like, with the exception of those two games, there wasn't anything that was that we didn't already know about. And then Nintendo was just almost completely devoted to Smash, and I felt like Smash was just slightly more. Damon Cross Machina game is it coming of out this the year? year. Game of a year. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm just... But yeah, yeah, and then like Nintendo was just Smash, and like I was like we were just saying, I felt like I feel like it's going to be a really good Smash game, but I don't feel like it's a sequel we were expecting, which kind of hurts it. So overall, if we're just talking about the big three, I think Microsoft did the best, but it wasn't really by much. And then if we're including all of the third parties, also I think Bethesda really had the best one, like between. Yo, did anybody did anybody play uh, Skyrim on Alexa yet? I don't even have Alexa. Uh, it's not available in Canada. Oh. And if I change my if I change the Alexa account to a US based account, then I can't order stuff anymore with Amazon Prime. Seems like change a worthy trade. Hmm. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I think on that bombshell. Oh, I wanted to say like two two things that were happening like outside of E3. Oh, may I? Also, do you want to do you want to answer the question? Yeah, first and, and also I, I would like to know what Derek's answer to the question was too. But oh shit, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I think I sorry. agree with you. I think that I like like kind of taking a step back and looking at the presentation as a whole. Like, I think that Microsoft did they did exactly what they needed to do, and that was to forego the crap that they usually do and show that their console that right now has the perception that there's not enough games to play on it, show them how many games you can play on it. And yeah, three quarters of those games you can play elsewhere as well. And, uh, but you know, they did show some pretty cool looking exclusives and, and showed new titles in uh, like, you know, they, yeah, sure. They're all shooters, but gears and halo are Microsoft's biggest titles. And that's been the case since, you know, since the first halo and since the first gears and, to show the next chapter in those games, I think was a pretty big deal. Um, and we're getting a Gears Funko Pop game. I bet you never saw that one coming. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, they like they did what they needed to do. The amount of talking was very limited, and it was just game after game after game after game. And I mean, I think like I, it, you know, to be cheesy, I think the real winner is the gamer because just seeing the quality of titles that are coming out. Um, you know, in the next six months or the next year, like there's so much good shit coming out almost even more. It like, I, I mean, it's hard to say right now, but it looks like there's more quality stuff coming out now than there ever has. And that is pretty crazy. Um, I also did really enjoy what Bethesda did. Um, they kind of like, like, like put to rest a lot of my concerns potentially with what fallout 76 will be. Um, it, it's yeah, it's, they, they did a good job too. Uh, Ubisoft did surprisingly well. Um, you know, they, their, their conference had a lot of heart, but yeah, I think I would say I was probably most impressed walking away with Microsoft. Although the game I was most impressed with was probably the last of us two. And then Shane, what did you think? I didn't see any like complete, um, conference. Um, I tried to watch the Microsoft one, but not having an Xbox one, like I just, it wasn't engaging. It wasn't like pulling me in. I've heard that like, the, kind of the consensus is that they had quote unquote the best um, outside of what you guys have said tonight um, but I, I'm just excited for like a lot of I'm just hyped that this is happening again like E3 is always super fun and there's all these other like little things going on in the background like the Neo Geo Mini getting announced um, oh that was cool yeah like that's that's not on a main stage but that's something that's super cool I love the Neo Geo stuff and like if if anybody doesn't know what it is, it's basically like a SNES mini, but it has a screen built in. Um, and then you can get like uh, game pads and stuff. It's based off of the Japanese cabinet design. There will be a international version released later. Um, there's 40 games on it to celebrate the 40th anniversary of SNK. Um, and then there's going to be, I think, 15 different games on the international version as opposed to the Japanese version. Looks really cool. I'm just... Um, I- I'm I'm really hyped about like a bunch of like individual stuff. Um, you probably could tell I'm really into Damon Cross Machina. Um, I, uh, Armored Core was one of my like, favorite games. Uh, Fortnite on the Switch is actually surprisingly like manageable, like playable. Um, the default sensitivity is way too low, um, especially coming from like only played it on PC. But the whole the conference as a whole is always always gets me excited, and there's always stuff that's happening on the show floor that gets announced like you know the the second week of so 
this E3, I think, was like remarkably better than last year's E3. Mm. Upgrade. Upgrade. Um, I, I do want to say like two things are happening outside of E3. Um, uh, Steam is getting rid of their green lights. Um, uh, project, Project Greenlight, which, uh, in case you didn't know, like a game can get submitted to Steam, and if it gets enough upvotes, it gets added to the store. They're getting rid of it. They're just accepting all games and all titles are going to be allowed to get on the store if you just pay the fee, uh, which means there's going to be a lot of trash on there. Uh, and I'm, it, <laughs> it's, it's mixed, mixed feelings because, like, hey, you know, like, just let everybody, like, release their stuff on there. Just pay your fee. Have, like, an open storefront. But at the same time, you're going to get a lot of, you're going to get a lot of stupid shit. Like, people, um, uh, one thing that people do is they, like, they make and sell mods for games. And um, one of the kind of scam mods that people sell, um, it's like, oh, get free Counter-Strike Source skins or Global Offensive <laughs> skins. And yeah, you get the skin, but it's just a mod for your, your like, local default um, uh, like rifle skin, so it's not actually getting the 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 item in the game. So that's kind of sketchy. Uh, also, Lawbreakers is now free to play, and the Lawbreakers servers are shutting down in September. <laughs> so after uh, Cliffy B announced that his studio was shutting down on Twitter without telling his employees. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of like little things that got me really really excited. Um, Tasteful lesbians got to be game of the year, game of the show. So, uh, yeah, I think just before we wrap up, I think I would love to spend a few minutes hearing what Josh saw today at E3. Uh, my E3 really started yesterday when I went to the EA Play booth. Uh, got to play the. And uh, did you play Command did. and Conquer Rivals? No, not even the guy who was trying to get people to come in and play Command and Conquer Rivals. But it's free. Yeah, that's what he kept saying. So why do all why do all the commercials for those games like are exactly the same? It's always like it looks like Yu Gi Oh and people love Yu Gi Oh. But okay, but yeah, my E three started with the EA Play. I got to play the new Han Solo expansion for Battlefront two, and I thought I had a really cool scoop, and then I found out it came out today. So there <laughs> went that. Um, I waited in line and got a horrible sunburn waiting to play Anthem, which was we were talking about in the last podcast, was the one that I was really mm. curious about. Yeah. So I waited in line for two and a half hours only to find out that it was a video demo. So what? if I had known that, I would have just <laughs> went home. Um, but it looked really cool, really impressive. Like the team combat and everything looked really interesting in the way that you could kind of work together to apply status effects and then uh, combine them with other units attacks to kind of boost damage and that kind of stuff. It looks like it looks really, really impressive. And I'm not really big on these kind of games, but I really was impressed after watching it in action. Like my only mm. hang up is it really doesn't, it has elements of mass effect in terms of the combat, but it doesn't really feel like what you'd expect from a Bioware game. They said they they mm -hmm. said what you said the other day, Derek, that it was going to have, it is going to have like a focus on story, even though it's a multiplayer game. But if there is a focus on story, it wasn't shown at all in this video presentation that I was at. And I always felt like that's what kind of set Bioware's games apart from other ones. So we'll see how they're able to do that. Um, I played Battle uh, Battlefield Five also while I was there, and it was cool. It was Battlefield. <laughs> like it wasn't. They said the demo was of this new mode where it was like a battle that takes place over two days, and the objectives change between the two oh, days. Really? But all it really felt like was 
they were hyping it up as this big new mode, but all it really felt like was um like that your objectives just changed halfway mm-hmm. through the map. And like it other than that, it was pretty much the same as most battlefields are, which is you spawn and then before you even know what's happening, someone snipes you from <laughs> across the map and like but yeah, it was like I was getting killed so bad and then I looked at the scoreboard and saw that I was somehow like seventh place out of sixteenth on my team. So I was like, I can't imagine how bad everyone else is doing if I'm like halfway up the leaderboard. But yeah, that was cool. And then outside of that, today at the actual convention, I got to play the new Senran Kagura, mm. which I was kind of talking about it a little bit before. It's a remake of the 3DS version, but it's it's in full 3D. It's using elements of the previous like PS4 and PSP versions, but with like the story of the DS one. And it was actually really, it felt a lot more polished in the little bit that I played it where the camera wasn't as crazy and um the boss battles felt more challenging so that was cool um i played soul caliber 6 which i don't even know how it was happening but there was some really like weird cinematic moments when you're in the middle of fighting where it would zoom in on the characters and they would go back and forth like barely dodging each other's slashes and it was kind of like you would go back and forth until someone got the upper hand which again i have no idea how it happened but it looked cool and I was playing as the Witcher, which I, I know that's not his name, but that's what I'm calling him. <laughs> um, and he felt like he completely belonged in the game. Like his combat nice. style was so cool in like the Soul Calibur universe. Um, I played Jump. Uh, I already forgot what it was called. That Shonen, the new Shonen Jump game we were talking about on the last show. Jump, Jump Force. Jump Force, yeah. And I was trying to see what the transformations look like to kind of show off the graphics. But then the match ended before I realized what was happening. Because for some reason, it's like a three-on-three fighting game. But if any one member of any team loses, that's just the end of the match. Oh, weird. So it's like I accidentally killed Naruto while I was trying to build up my meter. And I was like, well, shit, that was a waste of my time trying to play. (laughs) But And then I was only there for a little bit today, so I didn't play too much more. But I played this one game called, I believe it was called Musenek. And it's just like this rhythm game, like really simple. If you played Super Beat Sonic or Voice, um, you kind of know what to expect. It was, you're basically using four buttons to hit the notes and the rhythm of the music as you do in any rhythm game, really. And like any rhythm game, it was a lot of fun. And there's a contest going on where if you're in the top 20 high scorers during E3, you'll get a free copy of the game. Oh, nice. And if you're number one, you'll get a Switch and physical copies of both their games, this one and the previous one. So I think I was, I played it over and over again. I think I got up to like, I think I was number, I was like third place. So nice. That was cool. And then I played Yakuza Kiwami 2, which combined elements of Yakuza 0 and Yakuza 6. So it actually felt a lot different from Yakuza Kiwami 1, which is a lot of Yakuza in the last two years. And and lastly, and most certainly not least, I played Super Neptunia RPG. It was a very early build of it, but the battle system was really interesting where you have your four party members and you could rotate which one of the party members is the leader of the team on the fly and depending who's the leader everybody else on the team attacks differently so like neptune is an attack based character so when you attack when you issue your commands all the other ones are more offense based then if you switch to your healer everybody on your party is going to switch to like a defensive or healing uh combat style when that character is in the lead and then there's like a, a mage where everybody uses magic attacks when she's in the lead so it was really interesting um, it looks a lot like a vanillaware game, which is probably the most, if you guys are familiar with those games, they're like some of the most beautiful 2D games on the market. 
and seeing a seeing Neptunia in that style is like really really awesome. Uh, but it's a very early build of the game. It crashed on me like it crashed on me when I killed an enemy over a ledge. Like I think it, the game didn't know what to do if it wasn't on solid ground. <laughs> so like it's really early. They were even saying that uh, the supervisors because this is the first one being developed by a Western studio, which I think we mentioned before, and they were saying they were getting feedback from Japan saying that they want they want it to be more polished so or uh, more or wanted to have more depth so mm-hmm. with that tidbit thrown into the conversation with the, with the PR team it's making me think it's probably going to get delayed mm-hmm. since it's supposed to come out in like 3 months okay. but it's pretty quick yeah. but i'm really excited to see where it goes so far and then unfortunately the game that i'm most excited about at E3 i can't talk about cuz it's under embargo but i'll have to talk about it in a, they said in about a month at around Anime Expo they'll be ready to release info. So then, if you all, if we all remember this conversation in a month, I'll make sure to bring it up. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a yeah, good day. And that's about it. Except my back is burning, but that's another story. Thanks, Anthem. It was worth it, though. You I got, got to watch to, someone play you Anthem. Got to watch that sweet Anthem yeah. video. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty hideous. But anyway, so that's about it for Super Ultra Deluxe Level One Fifty Seven Point Five. If you combine it with 157, I'm pretty sure this is like the longest episode by a long, like a, by a huge margin, like about <laughs> four and a half hours, I think. But anyway, so that's going to be it for our post E3 press conference show. As always, you can find us at geekscape.net and on Twitter at Geekscape Games. You could find me at Inu Joshua on all gaming platforms and social media. And Derek, where can they find you? I'm at D Cranavelt on Twitter and I'm Captain K17 across gaming platforms. And Shane? Okay. So until next time, bye, bye. everybody. <laughs> Shane? <laughs> He's the most special of special guests. He's, he, he, faded, he faded away as quickly as he arrived. What the fuck? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Shane O'Hare. I'm at the Shane O'Hare on Instagram. SSJ can on gaming platforms. Add me on Nintendo Switch. Play <laughs> some Fortnite. All right, all right. I'm the most spent. I quit. Xbox 2 
up. Spread 